So how do you feel about being nice to people for no good reason, Travis? I mean, I'm generally uh, not opposed to that. Yeah. I, I ran into this today and I was so excited. Like I, I found out about it earlier today and I ran home like I need to get this thing started right now. I need, <laughs> I'm going to tell Travis about it and he's going to look at it and go like, what are you, a 14 year old girl? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Just for the record, I didn't say that. You did not say that. But look, that, you know what? That's When you're being vulnerable, sometimes you worry about those kind of things. No, I, I hear you. You worry about those kind of things here on Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Hey, everybody. It's us. Welcome to it. What I'm talking about is uh, I, w- I was watching some Giant Bomb videos, and they they had a quick look for this, this quote-unquote game called uh, Kind Words parentheses i think it's lo-fi beats to write to and kind words kind words i mean that does kind of get right to the heart of it does what, get to right the to the heart is. of it but like um the whole premise I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is uh, something that hasn't been before uh the whole premise is you're just a little a little dude in a room and you have a, a sort of sidebar of choices and kind of the main the main choices you're going to roll with are uh, either uh, requests, accept requests, and just say something kind. And uh, it's just it's just a it, it is a it's a feel good generator. Well, that's that's kind of cool. The yeah. I don't I don't know how much I'll be throwing requests out there myself, but. Um, what, so kind of, what kind of things can you request? Is it like do you remember the old Burger King subservient chicken website? Do you remember that? Kind of. Where what you was could, that? Remind me of that. Uh, it was basically a guy in a chicken suit, and you could type in jump up and down on the couch, and he'd jump up and down on the couch, or think bang I your head against the that. wall, and he would bang his head against the wall. No, this is like... <laughs> um, so I got to do a couple of them, and one of them was just like... It was just a note that said, hey, uh, I'm having a real hard time focusing on things. I'm really worried. My work ethic is kind of down. Uh, I'm really scared that I'm going to go to university and just being the smart kid isn't going to help anymore. So I just sat down and just wrote a letter kind of to the degree of like, hey, man, you're young. You're not kind of you're really not supposed to decide your whole life from here. In fact, you'd probably get older and feel kind of bad about it. So (laughs) my advice to you would just be, you know, be content with trying to sample as much of life as you can. And when the right thing hits you, you're going to know it. So right, you're going to do great. Just it's get a good out there message. And, get at it. and then you know, and then try and focus. You'll just do fine as you get older, and that's that's kind of it. Like you get stickers back and forth, and you get little things to decorate the room with. But it's just like this thing that I'm, I was kind of fascinated with, and I could see like I could sit down for like ten minutes a day, write out five nice letters to people, and then just kind of just a, a little daily affirmation kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like what Facebook was when I first got onto <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. It was like, oh hey, there's somebody I went to school with. Oh look, they're happy with their kids, and now it's everybody's political opinions. <laughs> And just posting fake news stories. It's everyone's and, political opinions or everyone's pleased. You know what? The world would be better if no one had political opinions posts. It is kind of weird when you find out how many people think that Bigfoot is real. I mean, oh. You're just kind of like, all right, well, you know, maybe I wasn't the dumb kid Facebook in, in was class a, after all. It, Facebook, had, <laughs> you're right. It had, a, it had this grace. I mean, the internet in general was like this. The early days of the internet was such a, like, 
you know, Pepsi generation of like, oh my God, everyone's online and we all just want to be friends. It's like, you want to learn how to make a bomb? Wow, crazy. I have the recipe. Here you go, friend. <laughs> it, was the, it was the same thing with uh, Xbox Live. When Xbox Live started, everyone was so stoked. Like, you'd get in, you know, you get in a game and it was like, yeah, what's up? We're having fun. Dude, who are you? I live in Canada. Isn't that crazy? And now it's like the last, like, the last thing I want to do, I get into a game and someone like gets on like, hey, what's up, everybody? And I just shut it down. I do right. not want to talk to anyone. It's because people think if they're anonymous, they can do whatever they want and there's, yeah. there's no consequence. Or also anytime there's a, a group of people, like-minded thinking people, I don't care what their motivation is. They're always going to be, at the very least, annoying, if not just flat yeah. out horrible. You get, you get, <laughs> it goes up and down. I've had a f- I've actually had a few really fun experiences uh, with uh, you know playing online and having unfortunately young kids just talking immense amounts of shit and and it's kind of hilarious that this kid who's obviously like fourteen is talking about how he's gonna get me and stuff like that that is that is adorable. Well, they, I mean, they made a joke about it in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> where Noob Thor, Master, Thor, yeah. Whatever, yeah, I think it was Noob Master sixty nine or something, and Thor oh, gets yeah. on and tells him off. <laughs> I will say also though, I, it, it happens such a once in a blue moon, but I have had. A, uh, I'm playing Fortnite. I bonded with some dads a couple of times. Just hmm. you know, I would hear <laughs> somebody in the background goes, "What's with this stupid dance?" As, as, You're like, "That's a dad." <laughs> as dads, of course, like some of them just don't even think about that the chat's on. They think, oh, like, yeah. it's something I got I to flip a switch. They don't know that it's just on Mac Leonard. Like, <laughs> there, there'd be nights where they're like, well, how do I build a house? And you're like, get dad, you know you push all that. Well, what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> hey, bud, I'll help you through. Like, hey, there, somebody can hear me out there? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're dads together. We're going to do this. Good thing you didn't drop any uh, racial effect. I mean, I did, I did call him. I'm not going to say any of those Homie? <laughs> yeah, I called him homie. Hey, homie, what's up, pal? No, but I, every once in a blue moon, we do have some fun with it. But it, it's not like early on, it was literally everybody was so stoked just to be right. meeting other people. And it just went downhill almost immediately. And that's the, the same arc. The arc of Facebook was, oh, my God, all these people I haven't seen forever. And then it got a little bit to the hierarchy and like, well, this is a useful tool because some of these people that I'm glad to have touched base with are obviously genuinely insane. And I need to distance myself. I, I, I now at least know who to distance myself from right. without having to see them in real life and do it. And then it got, it got to a weird tipping point of like, it's just that same thing of, I, I still have good experiences sometimes, but a lot of it's just like the last thing I really want to do is interact with any of these people. It's just, it's just a numbers game. Once you get enough people into something, somebody crappy's going to be there. Like star Wars. Think about how awesome it was to be a star Wars fan for the first, I don't know, 37 years of our lives and then the last five or so all of a sudden these little turd buckets start showing up and they make it they taint the name of star wars Mm -hmm. just because there's enough people eventually and the crappy people are the most vocal ones generally too all fandoms hopefully maybe we tip back over all fandoms have started to get a little bit of that a little bit of that stanky taint yeah uh, i mean it's just toxic people are going to ruin everything they're the turd in the punch bowl. Have you ever heard that? Yes. 
Yes, or a, a little piece of poo in the ice cream. It doesn't matter how big the carton of ice cream is. If there's a piece of poo in there, nobody's touching it. It, it doesn't matter if it's Trav, swimming pool size. Trav, the kids are ice going cream. to supermarkets and licking the ice cream. Don't give them any more ideas. Yeah, that's weird. Why would somebody want to do that? That's just a. That's just. A, <laughs> that's just somebody that's as never been punched. Former Joker taught us some people just want to watch the world burn. I know, but that's that's somebody that's never been punched in the face. That's all I can say. Mm. Like you've never learned the hard way that you should respect all people. I, I, yeah. Have you I ever guess. have you know. ever been disrespectful for somebody to somebody and then uh, maybe not punched in the face, but you learned your lesson? Because I have. And that's kind of what makes me a better person now is well, I mean, learning there, the hard way. There are there are much different ways of learning your lesson. I mean, punch in the face is certainly one. It's very effective. I will it can tell be you, very effective. But, but sometimes just seeing somebody actually be hurt by what you did is enough too. There's that. That, that is, is if you're not a, a sociopath, which I think if you lick ice cream in a store, you might be a sociopath. The hard part about the punch in the face policy is number one. Uh, bec- just because you are punching justice, you may accidentally realize that the person who is really bad is way better at punching, <laughs> and then ju- justice becomes a bad thing. And then also, there are people who are really good at punching who have a very distorted version of justice. That's true. So, as much as I, I can agree, like th- there is there is definite catharsis in seeing bad people get punched. There are an unfortunate truth in the world is the worst people are often very good at punching. Yes, I was exposed to a whole bunch of uh, Twitter videos while I was in California. Yeah. Hey, watch this. And it was just Twitter fight after Twitter fight, and I was like, oh, these people are all terrible. I've, <laughs> I, I think I've told you before that I every once in a while I'll go down a, a really weird YouTube rabbit hole that I don't, I don't understand what it is in me that I'm like, yeah, I want to see some people fight. Hmm. And after a, a few minutes, I'll be like, oh, there's a reason. This is a good. I just go to pro wrestling when I get that, and that that fulfills it for me. That, there, yeah, there, there's something about the the visceralness, I guess. Of, but but it's usually like very quickly after I realize, oh, people get way way hurt in this. Or B, oh, it's yeah. like, uh, th- there's, th- this isn't the noble fighting that I wanted. This is <laughs> this is weird. These are some of these are really bad people. Like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I, right. I messed up. I clearly messed up. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes when I think about that, like oh, they, you know, the, these people ain't ain't been like. You know, these people haven't been punched in the face. I'm thinking like, ah, like, yes, there's catharsis in that. But like that attitude ends up getting ascribed to some people like you shouldn't be punching people. Stop punching people. Uh. Don't punch nice people. Okay, we're in agreement, (laughs) though. Ice cream lickers, they get the punch. I mean, if I catch somebody licking ice cream, I'm definitely shoving that in their face. (laughs) Like as far as I can push it on there. If I can get it over their head and over their ears. (laughs) <laughs> it's going on there. Okay, I think that's him, fair. Give them the uh, give them the mush mouth from the and then and kids. then do the little twist thing. You know, like yeah. like you're trying to put some of that blue chalk on your pool cue. Give them, just, just give them that just little thing. There, cut the eye hole. Yeah. Mush mouth from Cosby kids. <laughs> there you go. I think they deserve at least that. Maybe a kick in the pants. That's what we need. We're, that's going to be uh, our fat. Our Fanex panel from next year is stag, stag ranking. Do they get the punch? Do they get? We're each, each going to bring punch or no punch. We're gonna we're gonna bring a set of uh, flashcards for each other. Punch, <laughs> no punch, and then questions from the audience. Do One they get punch the punch? Man, we are we are officially we're declaring it on here. We are we are officially punch punchologists. We are the judges of who gets punched. Yeah, you can ask us anytime. Punch we'll tell you. justice. Ooh, I like that name. 
Punch that'd be Justice. a good that yeah that's a good a, like old western name yeah my name's punch, punch. justice <laughs> are you in the mood for some justice that is, that, that is a 80s nes game but then his go-to move is like a roundhouse kick because you never see that coming speaking i guess i guess speak at you you have transitioned into a uh, a recasting a recent recasting oh the walker texas ranger yeah with a jared padalecki from supernatural i guess that seems I call it Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Yes, because Skinwalkers so. were on Supernatural. Um, I didn't. I didn't care. Like by the time Walker I, Texas I, Ranger <laughs> came around, I had kind of really the sort of uh, Chuck Norris fe- fever had really kind of worn me out. So I always thought the Chuck Norris thing is more ironic than actual. I, I never saw Chuck Norris as like this bad dude you don't want to mess with. He just always <laughs> seemed like. A, a little a little guy that could do roundhouse kicks. Yeah. yeah that, you you that could was, probably uh, block very easily. Oh, what is that guy's name? There's an actor from, from Deadwood that I follow that he, he tweeted on. I was like, well, I always tried to get on Walker Texas Ranger. I couldn't get on because uh, Chuck Norris was just a little guy and I was too tall for him. And now this Padalecki <laughs> kid, he's too tall for me. Yeah, he's like six foot five or something like that. He's a big guy. But I always, like Jensen Ackles, who is who plays Dean, He's kind of more like Walker Texas Rangery in just an attitude. I mean, obviously he's playing Sam Winchester in Supernatural, and he's got to be the the um, you know he's the moral. What's yeah. the word I'm looking for? Not authority, but he's the compass. Yeah, he's the moral compass of the show, and he's <clears throat> got more feelings. Where uh, Dean's just like, just give me a cheeseburger and let me hit something, you know? <laughs> okay. But I never got into Walker, Texas Ranger. I think once while I was I mean, getting my oil changed, I saw an episode look, where they had Native American ghosts. It's that were showing she wrote up with karate. Yeah, basically. So yeah. That, that I imagine it's going to have a somewhat significant retool. Like <laughs> Mr. Padalecki is not going to have that that silly. Or at least I don't. Maybe maybe that's going to be attached to him now as he's going to carry on this ironic Chuck Norris legacy. If it even happens, I mean, it seems it's, like it's it in would, discussion. It seems like it would be end up being kind of like justified, just tough, hick justice. Yeah, I think it would have to definitely be more serious than Walker Texas Ranger because it was kind of maybe maybe it will maybe it'll just be a comedy. Grandma's liked it, I guess. Maybe so. it'll just be a comedy. That would be funny. The, if it was the, just a comedy, was it that we've talked about like more? They should take more older properties and just go. Let's just do. Let's just be done with it. And just be silly with it? Just yeah. be silly with it. I mean, that's what they should have done with Magnum P.I. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that lives in Hawaii and drives did, a, a what, Ferrari. I guess, I guess what did they do with Magnum P.I.? I didn't even follow that They just one. rebooted it. There's another guy that plays it now, and I don't know. I've never watched Is it. Is it kind of dead serious? I think it's similar tone to the original show. Yes, there are a few of those. I didn't pay much attention to the Lethal Weapon show either. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of that Which stuff. I think, so. I think I'd even heard that the Lethal Weapon one was pretty decent. But didn't they change actors like halfway through? The, the guy run? who played Riggs kind of got kicked off the show. The guy yeah. who played the uh, Mel Gibson role kind of got kicked off the show. What does that say, man? I mean, Mel Gibson didn't get kicked off of playing Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mel Gibson was. Uh, I think it was at least around Lethal Weapon three that we found out how me- just how Mel Gibson Mel Gibson is. <laughs> Before that, he was. Uh, he he was in that like, 
I don't know. He was in that playful camp of like, you know, he likes Three Stooges. He's yeah, he's the go, fun guy. He'd go on the Tonight oh, no, Show and play jokes and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. And then, oh, he's a mean drunk. Wow. How about <laughs> them apples? <laughs> Who'd have thought it? And then, like, uh, I don't. I, I think I think I've told you like going back. A lot of people like Braveheart. I don't know that I dislike I Braveheart, love Braveheart, but anytime I try and watch Braveheart, I realize it's not really a. It's not really a historical movie. It feels more like it's Mel Gibson wanted to make a movie that said, "What? But what if I was William Wallace? <laughs> no, what that's... did William Wallace do? Like, uh, can you give me a like a can you give me a brief draft of what William Wallace did? And I'll say, but what if Mel Gibson were doing this? Uh, he lifted up his kilt. Yeah, yeah, and showed his nether regions. He showed shouted, his lethal weapon. He shouted freedom while all of his organs were out. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Anywhere, it's like I—I I don't know. I don't know. Some movies, some movies, I get older, and uh, some of some of the people in it tainted a little bit for me. And then sometimes they don't. They're com- they're movies with complete horrible people in them that I can still love. I'm a conflicted person, Travis. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite, day in day out. Anybody who can't admit that they're conflicted or a hypocrite is lying. That's what I've is learned a hypocrite in life. themselves. Yeah, I- indeed. Uh, Speaking of reboots, did you hear about the, the they're thinking about a face-off reboot? Yeah. <laughs> Was it Speaking last of week? something that I needs think, to be silly. No, that we were talking about that with the uh, the I don't think Face-Off came up last week when we were talking about the Princess Bride reboot thing. I, right. I think Face-Off is in that camp of the thing that you want from that reboot, those two actors are too old at this point. Right. Like But Face-Off I kind of want to see both I want I kind of want to see Travolta and Nicolas Cage repri- reprising <laughs> their, their roles, roles and they go back to their original faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are so many parts of Face Off that are like Face Off, no take backs. <laughs> face Off, no take backs. <laughs> That'd be great. That movie is so buck wild. <laughs> it, it, remake it, just again the same thing as like Point Break remake. The thing that you want doesn't exist anymore. The, you had there is. Unless unless you're gonna take a a new spin on it and make make it something that it wasn't make make something good out of it, like I said, of unless you have a great slapstick comedy idea or a Renaissance period piece yeah. that you can do in the Face Off universe, it's just not gonna. I think I think you're right because I think people have uh, reboot fatigue. Just like we, d- okay, you're rebooting everything. I mean, there are things that need to be rebooted. They rebooted like, Flatliners. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's what I'm saying. I is a lot of them forgot about by. that. And I think a, a Face Off reboot, uh, people would get excited because Face Off is at the very least really fun. To I mean, watch. it's been at least 20 years, right? I guess maybe more. Wasn't it mid 90s? Somewhere in there, like 97. I suppose like I, I might know. have an electronic device that I could figure that out with, but it's it, it would end up being uh, with a you know because that that's a that's a John Woo movie, right? Is Face I think so. I think so. I think I remember Doves in that. Uh, some of yeah. those, some of those in that sort of area, like Broken Arrow, might have been the John Woo one. For all I know, I, it, it gets a little dicey. Can I tell you what uh, trailer I am completely just sick of seeing? Because every movie that I have seen in the year 2019 has had a trailer for it was not the gemini man the gemini man does not look interesting it looks terrible i'm tired of seeing the stupid trailer for it i don't know that it looks terrible it just looks made a person out of a person he sounds like i don't know 
it Will Smith like sounds like he's reading a Dr. Seuss book when he said, you made a person out of a person. Because he's raising his voice up to make him sound young. I don't yeah. know. I'm it, just so tired looks, of those trailers. It just looks, uh, it looks <sighs> plain tofu. It just, I kind of nothing it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went and saw Ad Astra today. You went and saw Ed Asner, huh? Ed Asner, yeah. That's, that's, that's what kind of was the tipping point of the Gemini man. Like, <laughs> and of course, the, I saw the Gemini man trailer. Ad Astra, everybody. Uh, it's very science fiction-y. More on the science-y. It's a... It, what is the... Fi- okay, what's the fiction element of it? Uh, the fact that we could get to Jupiter. <laughs> That's the fiction of it. It'll, it but other okay. than that, it's very science-based. <clears throat> it's in... It takes place in the near future. But the not-too-distant future. So basically, we have the ability to... We have a civilization on the moon. Uh, we've got a small one on Mars. And then we have sent uh, ships to Jupiter because we are stupider. I don't know. Hey. What was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. That is... And then there was something about <clears throat> men are stupider or that something is, like that. I can't remember exactly that, how I don't it know went. that... I I don't I never even touched that whole boys are from Jupiter because they're stupider. I can't remember. I think a girl said it to me once. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't stick completely. She probably had a point when she said no, it cuz I, I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just going to say it's not a terrible movie. The acting is good. It's the space stuff is cool. But it is really boring. I almost fell asleep. Did you read Michael Canis is from Uranus? <laughs> no. I, I spent that whole time that you were doing that, like running, <laughs> I'm running through the ABCs through my head, like, okay, Uranus, Uranus, Uranus. Oh, my, Michael Canis, sure. <laughs> Screw it. There's nothing better. We'll go with that. Poor Michael Canis. <clears throat> That's a terrible place to be from, from my anus. <laughs> hey, man, you don't know how I take care of myself. <laughs> No, for my anus. I'm just oh. speaking for myself. I, I okay. I make assumptions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ad Astra. I wanted. I really, really wanted to like it, but it was so boring. And I like most things. So if I'm saying it was boring, so you then said it was. It was, it was a very well shot, very pretty movie. Yeah, I still don't understand <clears throat> Tommy Lee Jones's character after seeing it. Even is, I didn't get it in the trailers. Brad Pitt's dad in it? Yeah, he's Brad Pitt's dad, and I don't understand exactly what his character was supposed to accomplish. They should have just sent Brad Pitt to Jupiter. <laughs> we needed, we needed to give Tommy Lee Jones something to do. I guess he wanted to grow a beard. Has he ever won an Academy Award? I don't know. Did he win for the fugitive? I don't, I, can't I think imagine. he was at least nominated if he didn't win for uh co-star, whatever supporting, supporting actor, I guess supporting actor. I was going to ask you that. So, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely going to be up for a lot of Oscars. This will I think so, yeah. probably be one for Quentin. Probably be one for... He's going to be buying all the feet in Hollywood that <laughs> night. But uh, So Brad Pitt, is he... Who is the leading... Who is the leading? I don't that know. Movie? That's hard to say, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, you Leonardo wanna... DiCaprio does get a lot to do as far as like... His acting chops and some of those scenes where where he's playing a cowboy or whatever. If you'll compel, like, uh, Leonardo probably gets top billing in that movie. Leonardo yeah. probably is considered the protagonist of that movie. 
Probably, but Brad Pitt gets... But they get equal screen time. I would think so, and Brad Pitt definitely gets the most memorable moments in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because you, when you think, when I think of that movie, I think of the fight at the end. I think of him fighting with Bruce Lee, um, even going to the to the Manson compound. Yeah. And then, and then I think about the Leonardo DiCaprio stuff. I think it was the Leo stuff. So they both have Brad Pitt rich stole the movie. Nothing against Leonardo DiCaprio, but it honestly depends. It honestly depends on the part of the movie because. Uh, the the early stuff when Leo is is struggling with um, being in the TV show, right? And like him chatting with the little girl, and then him doing the part, throwing her on the floor, <laughs> like that stuff's all pretty great. Yeah, it, it's, it's all so it's all good. captivating. It's so good that it takes you out of the movie. I forgot if we talked about this last week. Like uh, w- one of my takeaways from it is Leonardo is doing a really good job. He he's doing a good job acting. As someone who's not very good at acting, I don't know. I thought, for the most part, like especially those scenes where uh, he's a what's his name, du- Dakota or whatever. I can't uh, remember. It's been a little while, so I don't remember yeah. so much. Uh, I thought those were actually pretty good. Now, when he's when he's playing the uh, or like Hank uh, Cahill, it's very cheesy. Which one was Hank Cahill? That's his character from uh, Bounty Law. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like he's like cheese acting, and then um, the way he would transit, like when he's acting, he's very together, and I mean, arguably with these, he's like pretending to overact, but when right. he's not acting, he he has like a stutter, mm-hmm. and I assume that's something that Leonardo DiCaprio he's affecting that that he's he's taking that on that he stutters when he's not in the zone for acting. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's probably what he was so, where he doesn't have the focus as much. Dude really dude did re- Hey, he gets nominated like Excellent every time. movie though. Yeah. He's way the, better uh, than Ad Astra. Way better than I Ad didn't Astra. hate Ad Astra. I I want I wanted to say that I loved it, but it was just boring. <laughs> it was. I'm sorry, it was boring. Maybe it's cuz I'm dumb. Sometimes I think uh, I'm dumb, and that's why I think smart things are boring. So maybe that's it. So if you loved it and you're smart, and it makes you feel good to say that uh, I didn't like it because I'm dumb, that's fine. You know, I, it's, I'm not going to argue. It's it's what it is. You, you you have taste. Like, go see a movie. Be critical about it. If you don't like it, be honest about it. Be open to other people's opinions. Like, I just think they could have added <clears throat> some humor or some actual character to Brad Pitt because it was basically just. He was a really good astronaut, and he wanted to find his dad. That's basically his whole character. There's no more to him than that. Yeah. And he used to date Liv Tyler, but he was distant, so she left him. Yeah, kudos That's for his trying. whole character. I, I really want to see The Lighthouse coming up. I might come out of The Lighthouse and be like, that was weird, and I have I don't <laughs> it, know why I did that, but I really want to see it. It does look weird, but at least they look like likable characters that you want to root for, maybe. Is that the thing is... <laughs> Are the characters in, in Ed Asner just kind of bland? Everybody is super bland. Think about uh, uh, maybe Vulcans, just without the pointy ears. Everybody <clears throat> in that movie is a Vulcan. Yeah, I <laughs> I like, generally speaking, I like more like character performances. Like, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. And uh, the lighthouse has to be that, right? Uh, I, I saw. So. So um, I showed you that that preview for Uncut Gems, which was from who's the director of that? I don't know, but I, I know who the star down. was. 
Without Mr. Adam Sandler. I'm, I'm yeah, but farting over it. But like, I, someone showed me a preview for, I think it was called Good Time. Uh, that's one with uh, Dude in Lighthouse. That Snappy was, snap, snap, snap. Uh, Robert Pattinson? Yeah, with Robert Pattinson that looked really intense. I'm like, I want to see that. I want to see that and then finally be able to... When people go like, oh, but he doesn't eat the vampire. I'm like, no, no, he actually does other really cool stuff. And I can authoritatively right. speak upon that now. No, I have seen him in good things. So <clears throat> I don't worry about him being uh, Batman at all. You know what I do worry about? Jonah Hill is the Riddler. Have you seen that? Uh, He's the, in discussions he to play unconf- the Riddler. I, I Last I saw yesterday was unconfirmed. And people were speculating either the Riddler or the Penguin. And then the, the, today the I heard regular or regular. He, he's going to be regular. He, he's going to be the Rob Riggler. <laughs> Rob Riggler. Oh no! Holy oh, moly! Boy. Comes to Arkham. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, know those those pants he wore in that was were Riddler esque. I've just never gotten on to the Jonah Hill bandwagon. I think he can play. I don't see him playing a a Batman villain. I really I don't like know. the Jump he Street movies. He's not menacing. There was that there was that uh, show on Netflix that he was in, that movie that he was on. Uh, some weird like we're in a weird therapy place that people go into our heads or something like that. That, hmm. uh, that when when that came up, they had a screen for that. I'm like, oh yeah, that movie. I was gonna watch that movie, and uh, it passed me by. But you know, I don't know that he's a good fit for say the Riddler, the I, Penguin. Maybe sure. I don't even know if he's good for the Penguin. I don't. I don't know. I just. I could be wrong. I'm in the camp of I don't. I don't dislike Jonah Hill. I don't dislike him either, but I also don't like him as a villain. Does that make sense? That's fair. Maybe that's not it. Like I said yesterday, all I saw was he was in talks for an undisclosed role. It might not be. It might not even be a villain. Hopefully not. Might not even be a villain. Hopefully not. Maybe Jimmy Olsen's coming over. I just think of Jonah Hill as a very a neutral character. He's kind of, you know, he can be a little comic comic relief a little bit, but also he's he's the more like uh, he's not slapsticky in the movies that he's in. He's he's like a normal person, but kind of dry dry humor type stuff. He's he's kind of he's the like kind of in Jump Street, he's kind of the guy who doesn't live in the heightened reality that other characters live in. Right, he's more grounded. Yeah, he's like the guy that you know. One guy will be doing something unrealistic, and he'll be the guy kind of squeaking next to him, like ah, I don't know what Johnny's talking about. We don't do that kind of stuff around he's here, the, right? I don't know, guys. I don't know. That's why I relate to him. <laughs> the I don't know guys character rears its ugly head yet again. I don't know. It is called acting, so maybe maybe he's got it in him, and I just. I haven't seen every everything he's ever done, so maybe he has the build. Man, you got the build. <laughs> I don't even know where he's at as far as like his weight right now. Is he is he skinny? Is he big? Is he skinny in between? I think Jonah Hill is in that unfortunate place that maybe I would end up being in. Is that no matter how much work you do, like our our friend John Goodman, our mm-hmm. friend John Goodman has lost a considerable amount of weight, but his body is just like, look, you did this. We can't undo it. Right. The the frame has been built. Yes. No matter how many layers you take off the frame. It's unfortunate. Also, hey, John Goodman. What? Just put John Goodman in everything, right? I think so. Yeah, why not? John Goodman's rad, man. He's rad. Uh, let's run let's run through uh, uh, I saw the trailer for The King's Man. Yeah, today. I watched that. 
looks kind of interesting. I, I like from just off the tip of things, like I don't know that I'm super interested in a prequel in that universe, but it, it kind of looked it looked serious, which I was kind of surprised. By. I think it looks good, and it also takes place during World War One, which is fascinating to me, and I'm glad they're finally making World War One movies. I'm not against it. I'm not necessarily sure that I'm. I think it looks good. I think it looks way better than uh, Jonah the Hill on it. I'm neutral. <laughs> Jonah Hill was he in the Kingsman? I don't know. I never saw the second one. I, the I Kings, need to get around to that. Man, so I, I I've noticed lately. I've I think it was the last episode. I can't remember what movie it was we were talking about. It was Point Break, and you're like, you have never seen Point Break. Oh, dude, so, did you do? I told you to treat yourself. No, Travis. I haven't seen it, but I'm I'm going to challenge myself every Travis. week. Let me extend you another offer. Okay. Travis? I need to track it down first. Treat yourself. I'm a, i got to track it down. I will see it. But this week, or this year, it was just my birthday. Every uh, week this year, I'm going to try and watch a movie that I have never seen. Wow, that it that's seems cool. Like, it seems like everybody else has seen. That's cool. I wish I were better at that. I, I need to watch more movies. So this week, I watched The Pineapple Express. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I'd never seen it. Huh, how'd that treat you? Uh, it was fun, not great. It I've, wasn't as amazing as everybody said it was, well, but it I, was okay. I've never seen it. That's one of those ones that I've heard uh, I've heard about that, that is like, uh, you know, it's like a Harold and Kumar kind of thing of, right. if you're not that, if you're not like weed culture, it's just not going to feel the same to you. Well, I... <laughs> The way I look at it is, I had all—I always heard people talk about, um, God, what's the one with Michael Sarah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, I love Scott Pilgrim, though. Right. So I finally watched it, and I was like, I can't believe it took me this long to watch this. Yeah. I loved it. So I'm hoping to find some gems like that where everybody else has always talked about it. Hmm. I wouldn't say Pineapple Express is a gem. It was—it hmm. was amusing, but I don't think it was amazing. Okay, so amusing, not amazing. Have you seen? The Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, just, yeah. just gonna cover bases. Hey man, try and get to point break. It's a it's a jam. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and track it down. It's gotta be streaming on something. It would it would blow my mind out of the water if you came back and said, like, I didn't I didn't like point break. <laughs> what? What? I think the older the better. I'm I've kinda Oh, the older the better. Well, I mean uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is another one I, I'm looking at. That's cool. I started Gangs of New York to, <clears throat> to full disclosure, and I got about halfway through, and I just did not like it. So that's why I started Pineapple I, Express. Man, I don't uh, know if I'll ever finish Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York, like uh, just uh, watching Daniel Day Lewis in that movie, like I, you could, if you made a supercut of just every part that Daniel Day Lewis yeah. is in. I love that movie just because, man, Daniel Day-Lewis is on fire in that movie. I'll try finishing it. Maybe it finishes strong. You know, but about I, halfway through, I'm I like, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I'm thinking about it. Like Some of the performances in it are pretty good. Like Cameron Diaz isn't, isn't great. Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty, you know, just fine in it. But, like, man, Daniel Day-Lewis is, like, uh, I think it's Bill the Butcher. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I love his performance in that a lot. Well, they at the very beginning. Did you get to the the knifey eye thing? The knifey eye. Because you know he's got a fake eye, right? Oh yeah. There's a there's just a brief part where he he's saying something to a guy and he taps the eyeball and he does like a little tink tink tink. <laughs> like the truth of it is, he stayed up all night practicing just so he could like just barely touch his eye with it and not flinch. Wow. 
That's Dude's creepy. Insane. I did see a knifey eye thing in John Wick 3. I watched that last night. Oh, so you, you've seen John Wick 3 uh, Parabellum. Yeah. And now I know what parabellum means. Yeah, that that was actually a it cool means like, prepare for war. I was just gonna say, Travis, <laughs> if, if anyone out there doesn't know what it means, you probably shouldn't learn because <laughs> it just makes for a fun part of the movie. It was a super good movie. I love the John Wick movies, and this one was just as good, if not better, than the other two. So yeah. Halle think, Berry kicks butt. I think I'll always have a special place in my heart for the first, just how because. Two and three feel very mo- very cohesive. Mm-hmm. One feels like it's a slight, like a slightly. It, it feels <clears throat> not in quality, but tone wise of the first Matrix versus two and three, where the first Matrix you can tell this was really only meant to be one movie, but it was so successful right. we made more and tried to ex- and expanded the universe. But you know, two and three feel like we're expanding the universe. One was like we didn't think we were really going to do any more of this. There's a point in this movie if you haven't seen it where. Uh, they're, these guys are chasing John Wick on motorcycles and they all have samurai swords. And I was thinking, where's the Matrix reboot going to go <laughs> that's going to be better than this? Because oh, man. this is pretty rad. <laughs> oh, man. Like, just so much good. There's horse Although, kicking. There's all sorts of vicious dogs eating nutsacks. Just, <laughs> just, just, just fun stuff. You're like after once so time many in, knives thrown. So many a, knives. Once upon a time in Hollywood, you're like way into dog nut action. <laughs> that's your it's your new jam. That's what, that's why you hated Ed Asner. He's like, I guess. dogs nuts. Why not? Uh, that in was space. My wife said, "I love that the dogs just bite their nuts. That's so funny." I was like, <laughs> is he, is "Well, that, it, it is, is Halle it? Berry's dog." So, what is if, it from? Uh, from Stand by Me? Was it? What was the name of the dog? Chopper. Okay. Sick. Full disclosure: <gasps> Never seen Stand by hey, Me. <laughs> Stand by Stand by Me. There you go, bud. There's a good one. All right, maybe that's the next one I'll watch. Stand by Me is a good movie. It's a real good movie. That's a Stephen King, right? Stephen King, based on a Stephen King novel, um, but not supernatural. Or is no, it? No, not supernatural. I, I'm going to look that up. Just I know I, they find a dead body. I do know that. I th- I'm farting on the uh, the director. And I think it's a. I think it's a good direct. A lauded director. Lauded. Lauded. Well, so, it's Stephen Lauded. Yeah, Rob Reiner directed it. Oh, okay, yeah, he is <laughs> of Princess Bride fame. <clears throat> yeah, but that's a you know if you can finally find it in your heart to find Point Break. Uh, Stand by Me is another great one. All right, so my list is growing. Trying to remember how we got there. Send oh, me suggestions, you, you folks. Saw, you know, Parabellum. Uh, like just Lawrence Fishburne. Like, come on. Oh, I know. I'm so glad he didn't die. Oh, spoiler. Sorry, sorry. It's on video. <laughs> Trav, you are getting way too ahead of yourself. It's on video. It's it's not like it just came out in theaters. So. But it's just the the Neo uh, Morpheus reunion. Yeah, they got the <laughs> lots of guns thing. I just I love how simple Keanu Reeves' lines are in that movie. Are you pissed off, John Wick? Yes. <laughs> he gives a lot of one-word answers, but then he he throws knives at people. I will say, fun. I think three gets a little boring in the middle. Like all the desert stuff was, eh. yeah. The I'll give you that. The desert <laughs> stuff was a little like Angelica right. Houston though. Yeah, doing all right. Got her hand stabbed. <laughs> So, but, but let's but give like it up it, right? for Halle Berry. Halle Berry, great in it. Whew. Halle Berry, great. I said to my wife, it's like not too bad for a couple of 50-year-olds shooting, really? shooting like 100 people. Really? not <laughs> Just not 
no real bad performances in it. No, no, it was fun. Ian McShane, where, good as always. Where's Peter Stormare though? I don't know. <laughs> Bring don't him know. back. <laughs> <clears throat> fun, um, fun movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for whatever's next in that franchise. But boy, pushing it to a fourth movie is dicey. Nah, I want to see where it goes. You don't think so? I don't think so. No, I think I think at this point, the way they ended that movie, where it it's like uh, Lawrence Fishburne and his people are going to go to war with John Wick by their side against the the table. I think they know exactly okay, where they're going to go. Since we're rolling spoilers on it, a brief brief spoiler. Just set it aside for a sec. Go it's ahead, on, a couple it's of minutes. Been on video hey, for a month. I'm now. just going to give people the opportunity. It's only courteous, Travis. Okay. So from here on, so Ian McShane, bad guy. No. No, I think he knew that John Wick was going to survive that. I think fall. he knew that John Wick cannot possibly be harmed because he, his, his right hand man, the concierge, he was super supportive of John Wick, and he even said to Ian McShane, "Well played, sir." I think he knew that John Wick was going to survive that fall. Yeah, we'll see. And the only way to uh, to get John Wick out of there alive and also save his spot is the person running the hotel. Uh, the Continental was to do what he did, and he knew John Wick had a bulletproof uh, that bu- suit. Is that well. bulletproof suit is hilarious. <laughs> Mark Mark Dacascos is it Dark Dacascos? Yeah, Mark Dacascos, the the Iron Chef guy. Oh How yeah, great was he? He was amazing. Yeah, and I like I liked that he was like he was a fanboy. <laughs> yeah, because he was so dangerous and like amazing at fighting. But then he'd be like, "Hey, Mr. Wick, I'm I'm a really big fan." <laughs> well, that uh, that was what I had told you when we were talking about uh, the the Fast and Furious guys and about their weird ego contracts. That right. The the fight the fight between the other two the other two guys in practice they had kept knocking him down and pulling him back up, and Reeves was like, "How about we make this kind of the tone of the fight?" And then the the like original script of it was going to be that John Wick kills him. And he's like, no, these guys deserve to be spared. Yeah. I thought that was cool when he Even spared the two the henchmen. Out of him. It was very much like watching a video game though. Cause he'd go from one level yeah. to the next. Yeah. And then finally he gets to the boss. I like the feel of that. Actually. I forgot a fast. You said you watched two recently, right? Yeah, I watched two a couple you, months ago. But I think I asked you, and I can't remember. I, I kept falling asleep during it because I was really oh, tired. so you maybe don't remember. I couldn't remember if he killed the Ruby Rose character at the end of that one or not. I got the impression that she was dead, and the fact that she didn't show up in this movie. Well, neither but did, I don't know. But neither did Common. True. And I, whereas he could have I felt like died. he was still alive. <clears throat> yeah, they, I, I thought it was implied that he was, he had some stuff to think about and probably be a... But I thought Ruby Rose was dead. So but I can't, re- I can't quite remember what happens at the end of that. I so. need to rewatch that because yeah, I was kind of going in and out. It was one of those things where you sit on the couch. Those are my favorite naps when I'm just watching something and I kind of fall asleep for like two minutes and then wake back up. You know what I've been getting like that with that I, I've been watching a, a bunch of at night and it is surprisingly plot heavy. So <laughs> I'll be kind of nodding off and realize like, oh man, I just missed a very like important conversation between a uh, Gelfling and the chancellor. <laughs> uh, dark crystal is dark. Crystal is weirdly deep, man. Really? I got to start it. I just <clears throat> haven't started it yet. The production value on it is amazing. And then on top of it, 
like I, I think we talked about a little bit the one I'd seen just a, uh, like an episode or two uh, where I was like, wow, they're like they're building Middle Earth in this this uh, show. Oh, that's cool. But on top of that, the characters have a lot of depth to them. Like the story is kind of surprisingly complex. Like hmm. the morality of what the Skeksis are doing is kind of well, not not really ambiguous. But like I said, there there's a conversation between the the, the Chancellor them. Mm-hmm. Character, Chamberlain, a, right? Yeah, Chamberlain. There, I said, I said Chancellor Chamberlain. You're right. There's a conversation between Chamberlain and kind of the Irene, the main character, Gelfling. The they kind of talk about the morality of what the Skeksis are doing, and whereas they are clearly evil, he makes a strong case of like, well, but ev- kind of everybody does a version of this. Hmm. So it they look more physically imposing than they did in the movie, and it's because maybe because they're younger. Yeah, the Skeksis. Uh, they look like they might actually like go kill some Gelflings instead of sending another creature to do it. That's one of the only parts that uh, has been a little. I guess it's like that. If if there's one thing, and this is such a huge nitpick, is uh, pick is that a, nit? There is a part where like Gelflings rebel and the Skeksis just wipe the floor with them. Mm. But I never feel like mm. I, I never feel like the Skeksis are. Like I never feel like like six or seven Skeksis are really just gonna beat ass on these uh, these Gelfling warriors, but that you know what I can I'm gonna let that slide, Travis. I'm feeling forgiving tonight. I'm gonna let that slide. But the show is. Are they affla- afraid of Gelflings at all? The Skeksis? No. Yeah, because they were in the movie. I guess just because of the the legend that a Gelfling was gonna destroy them. But you know what I I almost feel like. Um, so far, this feels like it's not particularly referential to the movie. That like all these. Well, it is a prequel, so. But but even prequels, like prequels are prequels do all kinds of referential stuff. Like you know the like the king. I guess I wonder if if you see the king's man, the king's man. <laughs> if you see that, would you want to see the two kingsmen or at least the first kingsman movie to get a handle on it? Because I mean, even maybe. At, I mean, I the, have the seen the, the first tra- one, but at the end of the trailer, the shot is showing them standing outside that uh, the shop. The shop. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's stuff like that in the trailer for Dark Chris. Like, well, they showed the. They I mean, they have the, Ogre. That's kind yeah. of. Oh man, like Ogre is, like I said, it, it, it. You know, they go deep on what Ogre is and what like her belief system and what what the world means and it's kind. Wow. It, I would not have thought that they would really put that much into world building and character building for this thing. I thought it would be a, a pretty light story, you know. Well, maybe it's a template for uh, the world building kind of type stuff in the future. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like people will go, this is how it needs to be done. It it really should be. It's like, it's. I don't even know if this makes sense, but like what if Stranger Things also heavily took into account what is the culture of the town like it kind well not not super but heavily takes into account what the culture like you have i think it's like seven different gelfling clans and they're all very have very separate cultures like Hmm. i just ran into one that like their whole thing is that they're death worshipers wow that's dark and that, that is also the thing is it's (laughs) kind of dark that's some dark crystal right there i told I, i told you this earlier and this is this is a really weird thing to say. Is I was watching some of it the other night, and I'm, I got the sense of like, this feels like I'm watching early season uh, Game of Thrones, 
but they don't have to worry about like being bloody or rapey. Mm. You know, there, there's just there's some kind of deepish intrigue and you know a lot of people talking about motivations and things like that and then world building of like all these separate cultures and so why they are the way they are how many episodes in are you i think i'm just cresting seven out of ten cresting cresting <laughs> so i'm just curious is it going to end the story and then it goes directly into the dark crystal movie or it I'm really wondering about that. Or is there going to be another season of it? Because everybody seems to love it. I haven't had time to start it, but I really want to, and I'm, I'm looking really forward to it. I'm wondering about it because... Uh, it's kind of nice when you have something on deck like that, because I know it's there. I know there's 10 hours of the Dark Crystal that one day I'm going to go, all right, now I get to start it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of fun to have that there. I have so much of that stuff. But yeah, it, from what I'm... Uh, it's so hard to tell... Because you have you have this building of a rebellion, and I still have about three hours left of it to be. No, I, I I really think they can easily do more of it. Uh, are they doing much with the mystics? A little bit. The mystics aren't in it a ton. They've uh, <laughs> they've gone into sort of because you remember at the end of the movie they. The whole conceit behind them, I guess. Spoilers for Dark Crystal. They're split, good and evil. Split, split, right? Good and evil versions, and they've they've touched on a little bit of that. They seem to be very uh, cowardly, and they had. They're a, just kind of like hiding from the Skeksis and staying out of it instead of. Maybe, they, that was the impression I got from. They the haven't movie. gone. They haven't gone deep on what the Mystics' deal is. Hmm. Um. I think they don't have any balls. But they have they they did get some history on how they split and how they came to that planet to uh thrall. Oh, they're not originally from that planet? No. Oh. See, that's what I'm saying. Like and that's I think I remember that actually from the movie. I think I'd that's, have to watch it again. That's in the little soliloquy at the beginning of the movie, I think. Yeah, that's in the beginning of I I I'll, I, I'm sure I'll watch the movie again. It, the movie's like an hour and a half, so after ten hours of it, like I can, I can throw an hour and a half bone. Right, it's just crystal. one and one and a third episodes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I, I really like it a lot, and it feels a little silly because it's a bunch of puppets and right. They give a lot, especially the Skeksis. They give a lot of real good personality to the, like the Gelflings. Like it, it is really like a mouth, like a like a dap, 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 right. what I'm doing at you right mm-hmm. now. So sometimes like a that, sock puppet. Sometimes that doesn't emote as much, but it's you know it's it's the buy-in. Yeah, I mean that's just how the Muppets were too. You yeah. you could just they could only do so much with a face on the Muppets. So there's a lot of like head actions and head tilts and things like that. Yeah, to make to make the point go across. The the CG and it's used very sparingly. I like in, that. In pretty good ways. One of the things I really think that the the Skeksis tongues are all CG, which is kind of interesting. So you can see them kind of just like when they're when they're talking, mouth. it flips around and things like that. Huh? It's 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 subtle uses that are it's small detail that kind of makes a difference. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Speaking of the Muppets, Disney Plus scrapped the the Muppet shorts that they were gonna do. That bums me out. I was looking forward to them. They're gonna do like huh. fifteen minute episodes. Oh, a I small mean, little Muppet thing. I mean, I guess that's it's they do yeah. I just want them to do something with the Muppets. Well, you said that they're going to do or they scrapped the fifteen minute thing. Yeah, they scrapped that. Wonder why they did that. That first movie, the reboot movie with Jason Segel and Amy Adams, that was so good. 
That was yeah, but such a good one movie. Was so bad, and then the yeah <clears throat> TV, sh- the most recent TV show was. Not I had good. zero desire to watch that show. I watched part of one episode, and I was like, "So the Muppets are like, uh, I don't know. They wanted it to be Larry Sanders, so they have like adult problems and stuff like that." I mean, it's a take. Uh, uh, whatever. <clears throat> Look, I'm gonna. I will give them credit for trying something different. It didn't appeal it didn't to me at all. I don't. That's think not what was. I want from the Muppets. <clears throat> I mean, right now Disney has so much baloney that is making them so much money. I'm sure they look at that and go like, this hasn't been making money lately. We have so much that's making us money right now. We you, will. You, but, they, but they look at it and go, no, you will make us money later. We will yeah. squeeze it out of you. I just want more Muppets. You can uh, pre-order Disney Plus already two months early. Which to me is crazy. Like I'm not going to sign up for it just yet. I do. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm not going to sign up for it right now. That's crazy. Just so I can say, I signed up for it before it was even available. When you watch Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, realize that uh, the Skeksis are Disney and the Gelflings <laughs> are Disney fans. <laughs> oh, the evil, evil Disney. <laughs> Trust me, watch, watch it. I'm telling you, it is a, it's a direct analogy. They're, they're draining you of your essence, Travis. It could be. And you worship them for it. Can we talk about, uh, did we ever talk about, uh, what was I going to bring up? The uh, Suicide Squad cast on the last one? I don't recall. <sighs> John Cena's going to be in it instead of Dave Bautista. Yeah. Taika Waititi's in it. Oh, Batista's, Nathan Fillion's in Batista's it. Batista's out now? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. John Cena's in there instead. That is not a, a appealing switch. He's a very uh, fickle man. I don't. I don't dislike John Cena. I just don't find him a good presence on screen very often. It depends on what he's doing. He's also going to be in Fast and Furious 9. So, eh. He'll be a bad guy who probably doesn't talk a lot. Remember how He'll Ronda, be a bad guy that becomes Ronda a good guy. Remember how Ronda Rousey was in one of those? Was she in 6 or 7? No, she wasn't in it. She was in uh, The Expendables. No, she was in She was in the Fast and Furious. when no, they, she's not. They fought her when, she, when they took the car and jumped the building. She was fought. she in that one? Yeah, she was the lady that fought uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay, I guess I forgot that Ronda Rousey was in there. Yeah. I remember that, uh, God, what's her name? She was in the, the Deadpool movies. Gina Carano, Gina Carano was in it. I remember yeah. she was in No, uh, they go in to steal the car, and she's wearing like a ball gown. And like, Oh, really? She, t- she doesn't have much. I must have lines. just forgotten. Yeah. Because I have seen them all. But she fights uh, Michelle Rodriguez. I guess she wasn't super memorable. I'm more of a Gina Carano guy. She, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that. I tried to watch that movie that she was in, and it just didn't really do much for me. Ooh, was it Haywire? Haywire. I, I really liked that movie. I didn't get into it. Really? Man, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought that was a well-made movie. It just didn't do anything, I, like money-wise. I find Gina Carano to be a, uh, it's the word I'm like, just a magnetic presence, I guess. But like watching that movie, it just didn't, didn't pick up for me. Huh. I thought there was real good gritty fight scenes in that movie yeah yeah that's what i liked about it it was realistic looking fight scenes i liked her in deadpool yeah she's funny in deadpool i was kind of bummed out she didn't pop up in the second one <laughs> or pop out <laughs> Tra- I- i'm that colossus guy Travis. they didn't show anything oh. they didn't show anything it's okay oh. to make the joke the whole joke was how she popped out of her shirt the whole, but they the didn't whole actually- joke was that colossus is too much of a gentleman to exploit it yep 
so we didn't get to see it either. That kind of bums me out. But, Deadpool oh well. two sticks a. Sticks I still haven't seen Deadpool two. Oh well, I guess I better not spoil that for you. <laughs> Let me guess. He he says a lot of raunchy things, but he bests the villains at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Huzzah! There is a there is a below the surface of the Deadpool movies that's pretty good. I mean that's that is the nature of the character. I'm either, not I'm not bagging on him. Either you can buy in for how over the top that the whole you know uh, that character is. Yeah. And I can kind of get. I can admit it's a little much for me sometimes, but I, I like those <laughs> movies. So I saw the trailer for. Uh, um, <clears throat> Is it Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Is that what it's called? The, yeah. The Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie? Yeah. And my son goes, so who would play Bob Ross? And I was like, Ryan Reynolds, of course. After that Deadpool yeah, video where he go. was being Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> or he was Bob Ross, he would have to be Bob Ross. Sure. Who else could do it? He's got the he's got the slap in the... I think he could do it. The he, paintbrushes down and everything. He could probably do a decent job of that. That's, you that just is, beat the devil out of him. That's my favorite part of painting. <laughs> Beating the devil out of these brushes. No, that that is the movie. If if they ever do a Bob Ross thing, that one really should be a comedy. I think so. Yeah, but I think he was he was like a drill sergeant or something in the in the army before he became. A, I think they said that about Fred Rogers too. Yeah, that one was fake though. He was never a sniper. They yeah. said he was like a sniper in Korea or something like that, and that was that wasn't true. What I think, and even though I am I am immune to this man's movies. I think you make a Bob Ross comedy starring Will Ferrell. Yeah, I think Ryan Reynolds would be better though. I think he he did a good Bob Ross impression when he was wearing the Deadpool mask. Do you remember those videos? Kind of. I didn't pay a, t- a lot of attention to the advertising. I'd rather see that. that than Will Ferrell personally. Well, I mean, I am kind of like, all right, Will Ferrell, take a break. Sure. <laughs> well, what what is Will? What's the last thing Will Ferrell did? That Sherlock uh, I don't Holmes know. movie that did really poorly. I never saw that. Uh, he's in Between Two Ferns, which I started. I watched about ten minutes of it and then had to go do something else. I want to watch that. So far, so good. There, it starts out with him interviewing Matthew McConaughey. Well, he almost drowns him, doesn't? He? Yeah, that's in the that's in the preview for it. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I'm I'm fifteen minutes, ten fifteen minutes in, and I'm already like. This is really funny. I can't. Have you been into Between Two Ferns previously? Uh, Just kind of here and there. I haven't seen all of them, but the ones I've seen, I thought were really funny. I've always really liked Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, he's just very dry, and he's being very Zach. He he has always seemed like he does not want to be wherever he is. Yeah, I think that's just kind of his thing. Yeah, and maybe that's what he's like in real life. I don't know. But I, but I like him. I like him. I like his stuff. I'm up for watching this movie. My favorite Zach Galifianakis joke. This is my impression of a three-year-old with a beard. My beard hurts. <laughs> Why does my beard hurt? <laughs> anyway. But uh, lots of Netflix stuff come. I, I saw the, the preview for, is it uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie? I haven't seen the trailer at all. So yeah. you said you haven't, you haven't watched Breaking Bad. Not so you a don't, single episode. You don't really know where it... Well, you, I know, point, I know the characters. Gonna, you know, I know... Uh, what's his name with the hat and then what's his name what's his that's name his helper the and then what's his name that's a lawyer I basically know that okay, stuff well, you're up to, it, it ends in a kind of uh, the character that they're going to follow on this one is the his buddy guy the Jesse Pinkman character okay the, 
spoilers for this show that's been out forever, but uh, the the end of Breaking Bad is basically them cooking meth has gone about as high as it could, and then that broke bad and it all went away. So they had to settle for instead of like more professional drug dealers, they settled for being cooking meth for a biker gang and that went incredibly bad <laughs> and ended with the Jesse Pinkman character like the the Heisenberg guy uh, <laughs> he's on the run while at the same time they have captured and have enslaved the uh, the Jesse Pinkman character and they made him do the Need for Speed movie and they made him do the Need for Speed <laughs> movie yes but at the end of it you know he breaks him out and he gets killed but the Pinkman kid gets away and just basically he spent. So Walter White, right? Walter White. Yeah. yeah. Walter dies. Jesse gets away. But what he's got away from is he's been enslaved for months. They killed his girlfriend to prove like he tried to like rebel, like you're going to do this for us. He's like, no. So they go to his house, kill his (laughs) girlfriend in front of her son, enslave him. So like the movie is just picking up right after, after he got out. Wow. Okay. And watching the trailer, it looks. It, it's funny. Every time they they're like, "Hey, they're going to do a new Breaking Bad thing," and it's like, "Wow, why couldn't they just let it be?" And then they. It's straight for cable, right? It's on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's okay. On Netflix. For some reason, I thought it was on AMC. Uh, when they announced Better Call Saul, I was like, "Why are they going to do that? Like, what? The comic relief? They're going to do that?" And then Better Call Saul is amazing. Odenkirk's good, man. Odenkirk is so good. Way better than David Cross. Way better than David Cross. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And now with this, uh, this uh, I think it's El Camino, I thought, like, ah, Jesse Pinkman, I think they did all they could. And then they see the previews, like, nope, nope, I really want to watch that. You got me again. Hmm. Breaking Bad. Well, there you go. There's a, we're, we're, we're at an hour, so there's a couple more news things. I don't know if you've got anything else. Tom Welling and Erica Durance from Smallville. It was yeah. Lois and Clark. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on the Infinite uh, Crisis on In- Infinite Earths. They're really throwing everything they can yeah. into that, aren't they? Yeah. I guess they're not going to get Alice and Max since she's in jail. So <laughs> She's like insane. She's a crazy person. Yeah. So, but that's pretty cool that those two are coming back. Did uh, uh, Lex Luthor guy come back? I don't know. I hope so. Who's if they're name, bringing, I forget. He's a good Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah, he was. Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. yeah he he's a super really funny good. guy. Like he's a really fun, like a comedic actor. Way he's better than uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, was, yeah. That, I you know I don't want to lay that at Je- Je- Jesse Eisenberg made a decision. It was weird. I think I guess he was credit for trying. I think he was supposed to be like Lex Luthor Jr. or something. I don't know. Who Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, I don't think uh, he was the the oldest. I think he was the son of. I don't know. I could be wrong. That was just the impression I got. He, the, um, he was he was bald at the end. He is yes, Lex Luthor. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, we're getting a Tomb Raider sequel with uh, sure. Alicia Vikander. I sure. like that movie. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It's got people I like in it. Yeah. Walt Go- well, well, I think, they, I think Walt Goggins' character him. died. But, uh, now he's in a, a show called The Unicorn. His dad got killed. Her dad got killed, too, didn't he? Yeah. Huh. I like that guy. That Wait, they killed the actor. The two- I don't know what his name is, but he's in lots he's, of things. He's, he's usually Mc, a villain. He's McNulty. That's all I know him yeah. as. Yeah, from he, The Wire. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. Yeah, that's right. The, the two guys that I was most excited about in that they killed. But the what's the what's the young lady's name? That's Laura Croft. Alicia Vikander. I like her. She's from, a, she's a good Laura Croft from iRobot. Not iRobot. Uh, what's the what was the one with the robots? 
The one with the robots? Yeah, it was the girl robots. They were always naked. What was that one called? What in the hell? Westworld? <laughs> no, it's before Westworld. She was bald. She's a robot. Red-headed guy falls in love with her. Oh, Ex Machina? Ex Machina. That's Shit, exactly what I said. so good. Yeah, she, she's in that. Huh. Is she Is she, she a robot? Yeah, she's the main robot. She's the one that he falls in love with. Huh. That's her. And then she was also in The Man from Uncle. I gotta watch that again. Ex Machina is really good. She's a good actress, man. She's in a lot of good stuff. Uh, Haley Atwell is going to be in Mission Im- the new Mission Impossible movie. That's my favorite news of the week. Haley, you know, uh, from Captain America. She the was Peggy? Uh, Peggy, Peggy, Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter, yeah. Sure, okay. I didn't ever get into too much of Peggy Carter. So that was a blind spot for me, so I didn't... I liked both versions of the TV show. I liked the first one better, but the second one they went to Hollywood in like the 40s. It was pretty cool. It was all right. Great, sure. Uh, and then apparently they're going to have Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. Good. It's a good character. Yeah. It, uh, they're looking at Haley Steinfeld. Kate, Kate Bishop is Haw- Hawkeye. They're both Hawkeye. Is she like her... I'm trying to remember, is it his niece or is that... I don't know if the... Is that Oliver Queen's niece that becomes a speedy... I don't think... I can't remember what the connection between Kate Bishop and... Uh, clint barton is but like i'm getting them confused in my head i think that they're going after that matt fraction series and that thing is gold so Mm. get pizza dog and get (laughs) get the people calling him hawk guy and hawk guy i do like that that's funny no i'm a kate bishop's a really cool character all right well i think we're we're just about ready to wrap it up i think on the end of this episode stay tuned uh i'm gonna plug in the uh indiana jones uh, 35th anniversary panel for Temple of Doom and 30th anniversary panel for uh, Last Crusade. It's a combination. It's all you Jonesies out there. It's you a lot of fun. Fix. There's a lot of a lot of cool people on that panel. I enjoyed doing it. It was it was fun. So listen to that. So you had a sort of John Lovitz uptone to that. <laughs> John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah. Really listen nice to that. Check out no, that's somebody. Panel. That's somebody we haven't talked to for a while. John yeah. Lovitz. But. Yeah, he's out there, right? So, who do you want to talk to on on this, uh, this good to, episode? I wanted of to hit Late up to uh, John Goodman. If John Goodman. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready to talk to him? Let's get him. All right. Strawberry shortcake. Hello. Hey, John. Oh. How you been, my man? I've been wonderful. Thank, been thank you for having me back. Been eating your greens? So healthy. Lots of greens. Lots you know, of greens. I've been I've been watching Righteous Gemstones and. Uh, Ooh, do you like I, it? I adore your work. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's a great show. Lots of great stuff in it. You uh, are, are one you of the a, better You're parts a Danny McBride guy. I, I guess I kind of have to be. Oh, okay. You like him in this show, right? Righteous Gemstones? I like him fine. Honestly, Danny McBride is the... Danny McBride's Danny McBride. That's true. He's, he's that guy. He's always Danny McBride. I don't want to. I don't want to give him trash about it, but he's he's kind of been that Kenny F. Powers character through three series now. And some people say that I'm always John Goodman. So I would disagree. Maybe, maybe that's just a good personality. There is a distinct difference between you and Always <laughs> and you and Barton Fink. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, what's new? What what's new is uh, I've been watching Righteous Gemstones. I what's guess. What's new, Winnie the Pooh? I what's, just made that what's up. What's up, Buttercup? <laughs> That was wasn't that delightful. Hey, you gonna you gonna be in that Princess Bride remake? You uh, who could I play? You can be a good Fezzik, right? Oh, uh, I think I'm a little too old to play Fezzik, and I'm also not that tall. I'm not seven feet tall. Are you not tall? 
Um, I'm around uh, like I used to be like six three, six four, but I've always I think I'm more close to like six foot at this you, point. You you always seem really imposing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my big booming voice and just my personality. Could, that could be it. I'm, just, I'm a bit of an alpha I guess male. From, from back in like raising Arizona, I always thought you were a really big guy. Well, I was compared to some of the other people on the movie. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a giant. I'm a big guy. I guess so. Not a giant. I don't know who would be the giant. You've got. I also don't know why they would remake that movie. There's so many other movies out there uh, that would be much better to remake. Got to get those money makers. They got to. They got to get those classics. I'm thinking about remaking a movie myself. Oh, what are you going to yeah. remake? Oh, I'm I'm in the process of uh, working with some people to bring back Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah, it's ripe. I mean, it's ripe for for the remake. I who guess. should we get? Who should we get to play? The Bandit. The Bandit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who should we get for The Bandit? Uh, I'm on the spot here. Chris Evans? Uh, Chris One of Chris the Chris's. Pine? I mean... Chris Hemsworth? Going for the going for the Chris's seems... Uh, that could work. Maybe somebody from one of them Fast or Furious movies. Oh, there Whatever. you go. Vin Diesel is Some The Vin, Bandit. Oh, uh, I don't think Vin yeah. Diesel's the guy to go with. No. We gotta... We gotta we got to get these Coronas across the border. Can Vin Diesel laugh like Burt Reynolds? <laughs> I don't think so. There's got to be somebody else we can get, though. Maybe The Rock. The, he can't fit in a Trans Am, I'm afraid. Well, yeah. I mean, it would. Now that's <laughs> a big like, man. He's going to look like some, one of those Ratfink characters sticking out of a... <laughs> A Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> That's who could play Fezzik. You know, that current reference, Rat Fink. <laughs> uh, oh, I get it. I, I don't get know. it. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I'm sure there's someone young and hungry out there. What about Big Enus and Little Enus? Oh, uh, that's a that's big a Will, enus, big enus. That's a Will Ferrell, John T. Riley part. That could work. I was thinking maybe like a Brian Posehn as okay. Big Enus. Okay, Little Enus, Patton Oswalt. Sure, they're yeah. they're friends in real life. That's excellent. That's excellent. They probably casting. like to work with each other. I like they? those guys. We're still looking for our bandit though. Somebody with a mustache. I mean, do you want do you want a good do you want good casting or? What would end up getting cast? Because what would end up getting cast is just some someone young who's up and coming. Here's here's one out of the blue, Timothy Oliphant. That is that okay, perfect. As the bandit, perfect. Although, that, although to be honest, if you say I want the Oliphant, so if you said <laughs> Timothy Oliphant in anything, if you said Timothy Oliphant is Fezzik, I'd be like, sure, sure, roll with it. I think I need a part in this movie too. Okay, where are we going to put you? I think I'm I'm a perfect fit for Buford T. Justice. You, uh, what do you think? You um, you a man who loves a Diablo sandwich? Uh, d- that Diablo sandwich. How do you feel about casual racism? Well, I mean, in the day and age now, it's it's frowned upon. But I think uh, that's what makes that character dislikable. He he is very. Dislikable. He is the antagonist of the movie, after all. Yes, Jackie Gleason. Great, great, great in the part. Oh, what a great actor! Yeah, what like a great Jackie actor. Gleason. You know, uh, Fred Flintstone was based on Jackie Gleason, and yes. you know who played Fred Flintstone? Ha- oh, this hey. guy right here. You got here. your right there. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, but do. Vegas though. Yeah, well, I had had enough by that point. Yeah. Uh, so your, buddy, your buddy Rick Moranis didn't come back either. They had to give that to one of the lesser Baldwins. <laughs> The leastest of the bald ones, the one that worked with Polly Shore. I, you know, I once you I, honestly once you get below, it goes from Alec. What's what's below Alec? 
I think it's a three-way William? tie. Which one's William? I don't even know which ones they are. I think Billy. Billy. That's Billy? William, right? Billy. Which was the one? Is there was a in, Billy and a William? Because that would the be one funny. That was in backdraft. I think so. Because I think that's your. No, I think that's the one that was in Biodome. <laughs> Maybe that's Stephen. <laughs> if only I, I had an electronic remember. device. And then the the fourth one is Shimp, right? Shimp Baldwin. You know, it's a Three Stooges reference. Let's see if searching Baldwin's. Searching okay. Baldwin's. Okay, Baldwin family, Wikipedia. Let's see if we can get this. Alec, Daniel, William. No, Stephen is definitely the least of the Baldwin's. Stephen, yeah. What, what's your favorite Polly Shore movie? Oh, um, I mean, it's got to be Encino Man. It's the classic. Really? Yeah. Encino Man. Encino. The, okay, my favorite Polly Shore movie. What about Brother in Law? No. I was just going to explain my. Oh, it's son-in-law, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Brother-in-law is... Uh, I combined it with Brother Bear. It's where uh, Polly Shore <laughs> gets mauled by a grizzly bear. Oh, I, I think I would like that one. Yes. No, um, um, Encino Man is my favorite Polly Shore movie, not because of Polly Shore, because of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is good in it. Uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, Sean Astin. Very good in it. Um, and no wheezing the juice. Peter Deloise. Underrated, yes, he's a very good antagonist. Very good antagonist, indeed. Um, no, uh, he was quite a bully in that one. But uh, also, to be fair, Polly Shore, it was the right fit for Polly Shore. Yes, it, I I agree with that. that was, I've told you, uh, just go be the weasel. That's all they said. Go uh, be the weasel. I can't remember where I was, but Biodome was on TV, and I felt so bad for these women in it who had to pretend like Polly Shore's shtick. Kylie Minogue. Was Kylie was in Minogue that movie. in Biodome? Yeah, she was. No, there were there were two uh, young ladies. Um, One of them was Kylie Minogue. No, I thought Kylie Minogue. Google it, boy. I thought Kylie Minogue was. That was, one that of was the, my Buford T. Justice. Google it, I think, boy. Uh, all right, we're gonna look up Biodome. When I get home, I'm gonna punch your mama in the mouth. I thought Kylie Minogue was um, one of the scientists. Yeah. Yeah, there's two there's two young ladies at the start of it. Oh, um, okay. Let me look up who I'm trying to think. Uh, Joey Lauren Adams is one of them. Oh, ah, chasing Joey, Amy, right? Joey Lauren Adams is one of the characters who has to, like, while he's a, hey, we're gonna climb up, we're gonna watch the football on the ticket to tee, yeah, buddy, and they have to go like, ooh, ooh, I'm really feeling this guy, <laughs> ooh, I'm like that is uh, Oscar level. <laughs> what about when Polly Shore was in in the army now, and he had to shave his head? Oh boy, we we all remember where we that were was a game changer. That, that preview game changer. Maybe I should shave my head. Do you think? Do you think? Because I mean, they catch him in the moment. Do you think that that those tears are real because he turned around and realized, oh, male pattern baldness is upon me already. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think mean, that was hey, definitely not acting. Not to not to bald judge. Certainly not to bald judge. Some of us are bald. Some of us are. But uh, the you know he that was one of those ones. I I I have to assume being you know being someone who just went through that. Guys like that who have really long hair and then shave it and realize oh, oh this was happening. I didn't know. I think he just realized I'm never going to get these roles again. Yeah. Well, you know, hey. He's still out there. He's at, excuse me, John. He's still yeah, out there. I was yeah. tripping because my buddy Travis uh, runs into him at the club here and there. Yeah, I think I've seen that every once in a while. Yeah, he's met he's met Polly Shore a few times. Yeah, he's, he's called me. He's called me up and we've chatted about it before. He's certainly not perfect, but he's not hitting those screech levels. No, screech is a creep. Yes, 
quite creepy. But uh, so, so, Smokey and the Bandit, we're looking forward to it, right? That's my dream. That's my dream. Uh, we got to do Arachnophobia 2 first. Oh, boy. And then uh, hopefully Smokey and the John, Bandit. I don't know how to tell you this. Your character didn't make it out of Arachnophobia. I know, but <laughs> you didn't know this, but my character had a twin brother. Oh, oh right, the, right, 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 right. He, he lived in New Hampshire. One who is actually scared of spiders. Yeah, and he lived in New Hampshire, but he's going to show up in this one. You know, I got to think an Arachnophobia remake would have to be... It, uh, Travis and I discussed earlier they remade Flatliners so why not what is Jeff Daniels up to these days Jeff Daniels was in uh, Jeff Daniels was in I think uh, he's a serious actor now is he an actor now yeah he's, he does like HBO shows about news channels whoa yeah Guess I, I haven't kept my he's eye on he's way past uh, Dumb and Dumber haven't kept my eye on Jeff Daniels well he was in that that other that prequel to Dumb and Dumber that was that long ago? Uh, that's probably recent. five years ago. I never saw that. That's that's recent. Travis past. Tate didn't see it either. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't either. I, I, I think I've discussed with Travis Tate. I, I think I'm immune to the Dumb and Dumber movies. Uh, I really liked the first one, but I just couldn't bring myself to see the second one. Are you I, sure? I didn't Did think, you feel that way, John Goodman? I didn't think it would live up. <laughs> John, you know it's I mean? funny. You're, you're, it's kind of like rebooting your Roseanne. Your opinions really line up with Travis's. It's crazy. Yeah, it's because I'm in his head. Is it, you, There's a Vulcan mind meld thing kind yeah, of Yeah, I think we're becoming okay. the same person. We should probably get out of this What would you do soon. to someone that you caught licking ice cream, John Goodman? Well, the first thing I would do is shove their face down into the car. The car. Oh, because that's good, clean fun. Wow! And then I'd, I'd, I'd of course pay for it because I don't want to. I don't want to be the person that ruins the ice cream, and the store has to take a hit for it. John Goodman, how would you feel if I said that they were going to put Margaret Cho in your remake of Smoking the Bandit? Bring it on! Oh, okay. Bring so it's it not, on! It's the more the merrier. She can be Sally Field. <laughs> John Goodman, it has been a pleasure. Oh, I, thanks for having me. I cast you back to the Smoking the Bandit production zone. Gonna punch your mama in the mouth. Okay, I'm back. Hey. How'd it go? Great, great. How, I, how's I, JG doing? He's good. Um, I'm, I'm having, he's giving me a concern. I'm, I'm beginning to worry a little bit that uh, Magic Mike, that there's a bit of a meld going on. Oh, really? There's a Turn. side effect we did not uh, yeah. look into? How do you, uh, I'm trying to think of what would be a, what, I don't know what John Goodman opinions necessarily are. Do I don't either, because I'm not John Goodman, <laughs> nor you? would I ever speak for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we only get... Guess the we'll mic, find out, huh? The mic didn't come with warnings. No, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it did, but I didn't read it. I should. I think it's still like uh, in a shoebox in my closet somewhere. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we... We never asked if we if we should. We only asked if we could. That's right. Jurassic Park. <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right. Jurassic Park two. <laughs> no that that is the uh, that's how they should feel about Jurassic Park two. <laughs> exactly. Or no that's exactly. that's why they shouldn't have made Jurassic Park three, <laughs> or any of the subsequent sequels. Well, we're about, we're about due for another one of those, aren't we? Uh, they just came out with the the Battle of Black Rock or something like that. What? I haven't watched it. It's on YouTube. What the hell is that? I completely forgot about it until just now. It's just a short. It's a Jurassic World short to what? lead into the next movie. Huh. It's supposed to show what life is like. Are we going to watch it live? I Maybe. 
Look, man, we've watched. Hey, by the way, dude, Death Stranding is coming up, man. Death Stranding. We've got to. Oh we've got to figure out. <clears throat> we've got to figure out how we're going to consume Death Stranding to be able to talk to each other about it. Battle at Big Rock. Yeah, Battle at Big Rock. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I say we watch it live. Let's just. It's eight minutes. It's like nine minutes long. It's nine minutes long. Yeah. All right. I, how about we watch it and we talk about it on the next episode next sure, week? Sure. All right. That's subject well, number one for so, next week. If you want to slide into our email and tell us how you feel about Battle of the <laughs> you can get a hold of us at latertothetater at gmail.com. If you, would, uh, if you would like to keep our show going so that you can hear more news about Battle of Big Rock, uh, we would love it if you subscribe to our podcast. Rate and review. Give us some stars. Please write a one-sentence review. It's how we become visible on uh, certain platforms. Mm-hmm. Also... Tell them friends. That's right. Tell them enemies, too. Uh, if you don't like us, certainly inflict us upon other people. So It's a good plan. It's, that was my plan all along. You got anything coming up, Trav, you want to talk to us? Um, not off the top of my head. No, just kind of every every week it's something new. If you follow me on social media, I usually post about How can they follow doing. you on social media? Uh, Facebook, just Travis Tate. I also have a Travis Tate Comedian page. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Travis Tate Funny for both of those. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I, I want to get 2,000 followers so I can get a profile on Laughable. Hey, <laughs> that way all we the, are on Laughable. All the pod- yes, our podcast is on Laugh so the Laughable app that. now. So uh, if you've been waiting to not have it on uh, uh, Apple <laughs> Podcast because I know some people uh, can't get it to work on Apple Podcast because they've got not an iPhone. They've got Android or whatever else. Now you can listen on Apple or on Laughable. So check us out on there. And if you can't listen to the podcast, you're probably not listening to this right now. But tell your friends. Tell your friends. Regardless. So uh, Blue Wave Theory, we use their music. We appreciate that. Uh, You can go back and watch my Kill Tony. (laughs) Watch that Kill Tony. It was uh, September 9th was the date on that. And it's... It's the last 10 minutes of the show if you really want to see me with no shirt on. So there's that. So? Doing jumping jacks and things. We good, bud? And uh, grinding. I was grinding. Oof. Am I good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm All good. Right, Are you well good? Then, four battles at Big Rocks everywhere. This has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never. Do you want me to crack it like a whip? Make it share a Oh, I don't know. It has to be in the middle, though. They don't like each other that much. <laughs> I'm happy to share. You weren't here earlier. He's a professional. He knows how to do this. I'm happy. All right, just untape it, Barry. Just untape it. Pull that tape up. Take a mic. Just pull it back over another one. Yeah, yeah. He's thinking of the gaffer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, Maybe. Poor gaffer. No, they're a powerful union. I don't want to. This is like a giant boulder rolling towards you. I was say, we gotta have booby traps, right? You gotta have the booby traps. Throw me the idol, I'll throw you the bumblebee tape. <laughs> Darts start coming through the wall. Okay, let's get this going. Um, here was a special challenge for this panel. It was handed to me. And they said it is the 35th anniversary of Temple of Doom, and it is the 30th anniversary of the Holy Grail. Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Okay. <laughs> the Holy Grail knows you. She knows you. Right? Um, 
And I said, okay, yeah. So we have our nice brown kind of numbers anniversary thing going. Shouldn't we just do an Indiana Jones panel? <laughs> It's their anniversaries. You see, the, the FanX programming committee, they're obsessed with these anniversaries. Very OCD. So what we're going to do, does somebody have a bullwhip? I'm going to whip the panelists who bring up the other groups. Ooh. I'll turn around. I'm going to do it. <laughs> no problem. Well, well I'll just have points. I so, so no aliens. No aliens. No. Nope. No. <laughs> just, I, Interdimensional beings. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I went and saw the new Dora the Explorer movie. Yeah. I love it. You guys seen the Dora the Explorer yes. movie? Yes. It's Dora really the good. The Explorer made a better Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the cartoon part of that movie would explain the interdimensional beings. That would, right? <laughs> and don't get me wrong, we respect the skull in this myth house. You do? I, well, yeah. I mean, there are, there are terrible parts of it, obviously. I mean, <laughs> the beef swinging through the vines like Tarzan, that's... See, that's all the, the things that you say are terrible about it, I love. See, now we're off topic already. I, uh, actually, I love the fridge. I don't mind the fridge. Hey. We're, getting us, we're getting that out of our system. Yeah, we're getting get it all out of our system. <laughs> our system. Sorry for bringing it up here. <laughs> I love when the ants eat the people. I like that. That is cool, yeah. Cake legends, awesome everything. And, uh, and yes, I am okay with duking the fridge. I'm okay. Yeah, I have no problem with he that. He chose wisely. You know why I'm okay with that? Because he's a superhero? There's that. But because we're okay with the plane flying over and the raft falling and inflating and then turning into... <laughs> we're okay with that. that That's was, physics, that though. Actual effects. They actually did that. Well, yeah, a little miniature. Kind of. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah, I have Charged in for extra. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you could take a heart out of someone's chest and have them still be alive. Again, right. I, I, you know, we're getting it out of our systems, right? I have no problem with the alien movie because I have no problem with the other stuff that happens in the other movie. I will say, Mola Ram, you touched my heart, you guys. I'm Nam Shiva. I'm Nam Shiva. Let's meet the panel. Okay, now we got it out of our system. Stick it in the tube. Stick it in the tube. Let's meet our panel. Start down here with Jennifer. Introduce yourself. Tell us where we can find you. Um, my name is Jenny Cotto. I am a cosplayer, and um, I, I have six panels, so I've been all over the place. If I am anywhere, I'll be at the Reach booth, so the pirate ships. I still have not. I've been there a whole half hour this entire convention, but that's where I'm supposed to be. So either that or power rooms. All right. I'm Paul Draper. I'm a cultural anthropologist. I taught at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I don't think I would have gone into the fields of anthropology and archaeology without the Indiana Jones films. Uh, I now work full-time as a magician in Vegas and around the world. Yes. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I was at the Ritz-Carlton in Montreal, Canada, and the day before in Anchorage, Alaska, so I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> I'm Ryan DeCaria. I'm an author. I, I have a, my second book comes out this month on the 24th called We Shall Be Monsters. And I'm also host of the Meeple Nation board game podcast. I'm Travis Tate. Oh, sorry, I interrupted your woo. Go ahead and woo it again. Oh, you're wooing me. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm Travis Tate. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, you can see me here at Wise Guys Locally. Next week, I will be at the world-famous comedy store here in L.A. Come see me there. Uh, I also host a podcast. It's called Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Woo!
Smith. I'm a uh, radio DJ here in Salt Lake. I work for 103.5 Vero. So when Radio From Hell ends at 10 o'clock, switch over to 103.5. 96.3 in the morning, X96, and then do what I did, switch stations. Block party weekends. <laughs> Thanks, dude. appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. You guys want to move? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Craig Rice. Uh, I've been moderating all over the place. I believe you see somewhere, you know, I'm the laziest moderator at San Fan X, um, where I let the audience do all the work, all the work. But uh, I have podcasts that will be celebrating heroic cinema like Red is Lost Art on Matinee Heroes, matineeheroes.com, and we had a great mascot. It was a manatee. And we have an Indiana Jones manatee shirt available, matineeheroes.com. I should have wore it, but I, I thought I was going to be wearing something else, so I have to I may need to get one. It's awesome. You'll love it. All right. Uh, I will be your moderator for today. I, uh, I'm Carrie Jackson. How are you? Uh, X-96 Yes! You might remember him from recent Tom Holland interviews. I want to touch the guy that touched Tom Holland. That's so... Uh, I can feel the Britishness. I felt like I could have done better. He did a fantastic job. He, he, was, he was really easy to talk to. He was a, a real nice bloke. I liked your British dialect there. You used, you used it a little bit when you talked about going to the Indian restaurant nearby. That's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> the, the concierge was adamant that we not try British pub food. Yes. It was just like, do not, just do not. <laughs> Save yourself. It's, it's called the con. It's right over there. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's British? It's good acting, huh? <laughs> Sean Connery played Russian. I think we can do it. This is my Russian accent. Tell me about Ohio. He played a Spaniard too. Yes, she did. The Highlander. He was the only person who was in a Scottish movie not playing a Scotsman. He also played a Utah. That's right. Really just living there? It said Utah. I watched, uh, rewatched them, and the first of the crusade it says Utah. Yeah, I know, but I'm thinking they were just visiting. For, well, they had a house. He there for a while. I think he was studying there for several months, and then as soon as he found something, he would have left. It's well, true. I once heard, heard him say hurricane instead of hurricane. Yeah, I <laughs> See, there it is. There it is. I believe this is the funeral potatoes on the desk. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, like most Utahns, he wanted people to think he was from California. <laughs> he was really happy when In-N-Out Burger showed up. Oh, give me a double-double with she. Animal style. Always <laughs> by Utah accent. <laughs> uh, well, then let's work in reverse order, since you brought up Sean Connery. Let's uh, start with the uh, last crusade. Um, <laughs> Is, is this the movie where the 12 year old has a son and they both grow up? Yes. <laughs> uh, he's only 12 years old, older than Harrison Ford. And he's probably the only 12 year old I'd ever believe. You and your facts. Why has anybody made a movie about Indiana Jones Sr.? That's the one. I want to see that. Indiana Jones Sr.? Yeah, but he was younger. His adventures. Oh, I see. Uh, I the Sean Connery here. In the library. In the library. They did make a show called The Librarians. Yeah, that was it. He mentions that that he doesn't. He's not a field worker. He doesn't. He he doesn't go out in the field. It'd be kind of a boring movie. He'd just be sitting around doing research. <laughs> he was that's, reading. That, that was the reading first part of my life. 
The archaeologist and anthropologist that act like Indiana Jones die. <laughs> I want to see the adventures of the old guy from the Indiana Jones TV show. Mm. Yeah, he lost an eye. Like that guy. Yeah. Whoever, yeah. whoever played old Indy. In uh, that's Harrison Ford now. Do you, oh. did you know Harrison Ford is now? I did know that. Yeah, that's crazy. He's 77, right? He's like befuddled by a post office. All right, so get off on it all. But that's more marijuana in you. So this movie made in 1989 takes place in 1938, which predates it on that scale. Raiders was in 36. And we all know that the Temple of Doom is the, the prequel. It's 35, right? So uh, let's talk about The Last Crusade. Everybody has warm, fuzzy feelings about this movie, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to do that typical Comic-Con thing, but who here likes Last Crusade better than Temple of Doom? Well, then let's hear the Temple of Doom. We are a smaller number, but we are... are. <laughs> the smart people usually smaller numbers. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm done. I don't need to cancel that, so you can hate me all you want. <laughs> you know, you know the, the part where they're like, Jesus is a carpenter, so he's tough as wood. Right, because in ancient Israel, so many houses were made out of wood. Carpenter means he was a mason, he worked with stone. The cop historically should have been stone if you want to say he was a carpenter and he made it. Look at Paul. The inside of the goblet was gold, though, I will say that. I was worried when he said he was an archaeologist, but then I was completely at ease when he said he was a magician. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know how. No, I think we're on it. Well, the cop or something in the movie. The cop, uh, it, it wasn't wood. It was, it was some kind of ceramic right. or something. Yeah. It's yes. not that it was made of wood. It was, that it, it was humble. It was yes. Humble. Humble. It was the cup of carbs, the cup of a humble man. Can we point out that archaeologists have been making the pyramids disappear for a hundred years? <laughs> yeah. So piece there is magic piece. in there. Piece by piece. Um, now I, I have to confess, I, I watched these movies. I had a few Moscow. <laughs> That's how you watch them. A few beverages, and I took notes. And I wrote down Alice and Dewey. <laughs> Just because. Yeah, I was twelve years old in science. Uh, but let's compare her to the love interest from Temple of Doom. This is a divisive subject. <laughs> you guys know this. Give me your thoughts on, on the two. Well, Willie was complaining the whole time about broken nails and the elephant smelling and dumping perfume on it and just, you know, total, like, not a camper or, or outdoorsy person at all. Meanwhile, the other one was a lot more like tough and willing to just go and you know she do what she needed. Awesome. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Very yeah, organized. You know, just remember that. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of there is a contrast there. Anyone else? So one thing I've, I've thought about um, Willie is she plays the everyman, right? She's us in this movie. We would scream at the snakes. We would scream at the bugs. We we get the willies, right? So she she is she is us in that moment, right? And so I thought 
that, you know, I just rewatched it and I just loved every moment. And I loved, the one thing I loved the most was my wife screaming at all the things that she was supposed to, but, but Willie screamed at, right? And she actually left when, when the rats, or no, when the, when the insects come, came up in, in that. And she was out of the room, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I actually like her in that. And she does what you expect her to do. I like your, she is us. I really like that. Anyone else? She's a, a very famous archetype of a movie from the 30s. Yeah. Because a lot of people were complaining that she wasn't married. But if you, but that's not who she's supposed to be. Yeah, I have to do that. That was close. That was close. That's the only one. But if you look, because I, I just recently watched Popeye again. You know, the Robin Williams movie. And olive oil oh, yeah. is more obnoxious <laughs> than Willie Scott, and yet we still like olive oil in that movie. But he's large. Yeah. But Willie Scott is doing the exact same thing. You're right. And if we don't like it, it's because it's compared and contrast, it's apples and oranges, and I think people don't understand that she has an arc where she starts off being this hapless actress in the woods and fights. She's the one that saves their lives. She sticks her hand in the mouth. She doesn't want to. She does. She's hitting people in the head. She's trying to eat soup. <laughs> I think she's there as comic relief. It's a very dark movie. And, you know, Short Round's got some good lines in there, too. He's great. But Bill, she's there, Willie, sorry, is there to make us laugh. I think you're spot on right there. To ease the tension of everything that's going on. It is a dark movie. It's very dark. It's extremely dark. When I was taken to see Temple of Doom for the first time, I was a little bit younger, and my brother and my dad got to go to a California Angels game here on vacation in California, and my mom took me to see Temple of Temple of Doom because it would be less violent <laughs> than the baseball game. <laughs> Was it well, free bat night? <laughs> well, and, and it, it's an extremely violent movie. Uh, so violent that it was, uh, I'm not sure who we credit. This movie or Gremlins? Both. It's kind of a situation where... Or Red Dawn. It finally hit. Well, Red Dawn was the first one to get it. Oh, okay. Right. But it was because of these, these two movies you just mentioned that they, they, we got to do something. It was the Motion Picture Association of America. There were never PG-13 movies until... Until Gremlins and, and Red Dawn was the first one. Yeah. It's all Spielberg's fault. He's the guy who said to the NPAA, he's not got this movie, and I don't know if PG is quite right. We need to come up with something. This lady in Utah took her seven-year-old. The guy's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not restricted from your parents. That's a good point. Grimm's fairy tales are very dark. I mean, we've, we've exposed children to very dark stories for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I remember, like, when I was a kid, Temple of Doom was my favorite movie, and I don't know how old I was, but I was young enough to need a babysitter, and I wanted to watch it, and the babysitter was like, are you really gonna, does your, is your mom really okay with you watching it? I was like, yeah, but it's a favorite movie, and of course, my favorite scene was when the guy got his heart ripped out. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, proceed. Um, my fa- one of my favorite parts of this is uh, when the villain says to him in the beginning of the movie, "Don't trust anybody." Even as young as I was, I went, "Yeah, the villain." <laughs> that's the guy. That's yeah. right there. Yep. He's going to use that against us. Uh, I I love that they they just did that. He just I'm I'm telling you who the villain is right now. And, and then we learn that. Um, this is also the only movie where Indy is chased by guys wearing fezzes. 
<laughs> and they're the good guys. You're right, because usually it's being chased with someone with a fez, Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of a crucified soul. Um, also, how weird is it? It's weird. That, uh, I don't know what you're going to say. It's weird. How weird is it that you, you uh, with the girl that your dad was <laughs> There's a term I don't think I want to use because there are children. Is that true? Alice and Lily? Well, you know, they're only 12 years apart. So. It's very Greek. I mean, it's very Greek. I'm sure there's a Google search for it. Self reliance. Is it Alice and Lily? Yes, then I don't care. But uh, she's a Nazi. Yeah, she is a Nazi. Let's point that out. She's <laughs> a Nazi. Okay, okay, so I think we need to come together and look past all this Nazi stuff. There's some good people on both sides. No, no. They're not good Nazis. I apologize. As the one Jewish guy on the panel, there are no good Nazis. <laughs> Predicting his fate, is that what you're he's saying? Got a, he's got a series of aging, aging gentlemen that he will use as sacrificial lambs throughout his career. I want to see Short Round in the next movie. I wanted him in Crystal Skull instead of Mutt or whatever it is. I would have been. I wanted Short Round. Don't smack talk the beef, dude. Break the rule. The other things that I learned from this, from this movie, um, I, I learned what penitent means. The penitent man. The penitent man. <laughs> And uh, that's uh, in Latin, Jehovah begins with an I. Yes. Yeah, so then why didn't you go, oh no, but in Hebrew, Yahweh begins with a Yud. <laughs> why, does, why does it stop at Latin? <laughs> Wait, Aramaic it begins with a, they, they, they could have had a couple extra steps. Well, you know, the Crusaders would have, you know, spoken Latin. But they would have been translating Aramaic. <laughs> yeah. we, all, we also learned that even though... Uh, it's all magic. It, you know, Andy had a, a rough uh, relationship with his dad. He had enough like inner strength to create his own persona and call himself Indiana, where his name is Henry Jones Jr. And he, he created this own world. But he also kind of honored his dad by going into the same field. Even though he did it a way different way, he went down his own path. It was a similar path. Well, since we're deep diving on Indy, and it, 
This is not about the girls. This is about India. Look at these in these two. I'm just using these two movies. Does, and he doesn't have a type, does he? He, yes, I, he does. Think, I think he's a dog. Breathing. I think he's a dog, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean, that girl with the, it was in Raiders of the Lost Ark when she wrote, I love you. Sorry, sorry. But she, we're talking about girls. She writes, I love you on her eyelash or eyelids. There had to be a little bit like, he's, he's into the students. But we also knew that he was into Marion when she was quite young, so he was probably fooling around with his students, too. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was pulling it down. He was good. He had no problems. Office. Exactly. They're college students. It's not like they're high school students. Let's not forget, the reason why they hired Sean Connery is because he's James Bond, and they always considered, Lucas and Steele was always considered Indiana Jones the American. James Bond. That was Vin Diesel in Triple M. Up until the great Vin Diesel. The experienced actor Vin Diesel took over, yes. But having him being, I mean, it's Harrison Ford, what are you going to do? I mean, I mean, if it was me, I could see that, but he's not getting any of the girls. I understand that. But Harrison Ford's going to, you know, he's going to, if it's there, you got it. I think he was a man of the world. Well, see, when I watched these movies as a kid, I just went, he's the hero. Yeah. Now I'm watching with him again, I'm going, creepy teacher. Not he's, so much. He's flawed, <laughs> yeah. He's a very flawed individual. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move to the superior movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I did like Connery as Alan Quartermain, the, the prequel to Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, he did do that, yeah. that's right. It's okay. Alan Quartermain, the character existed before me. All right, uh, Temple of Doom, 1984 is when it was made. It takes place in 1941. 35. It's 35, yeah. I read that five again. I had No 40, though. 35. It is the prequel. Everybody knows when you're drunk, you add six to everything. And this is, uh, <laughs> I think this is, uh, and I forgot the actor's name, Short Brown. I think this Jonathan is Jonathan Kwan. Jonathan Kwan? I think this is his first movie. It is. It's absolutely his first movie. Because this, he goes from there to Goonies, <laughs> which was in 85, so it's like the very next year. And he was loud in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> What I love about this, because you brought up uh, uh, James Bond, I, I love that in the beginning of that movie, Andy walks into that nightclub, and he's, he's he, I would say Bogart really more than Bond. But anytime you have a white tux, it's beautiful. And he looked But that whole opening sequence in the club, in Club Obi-Wan, I, I went back, just back and forth. It's just flawless. It, it is beautiful and fun and stupid, and it does exactly what it sets out to do. Get you started, get your heart going, right? Yeah. Okay. And there's definitely a spy element to that, you know, the rule, you know, the, the lazy Susan where you put the diamond on it, and then you end up finding out he's, he's poisoned and he needs to get the antidote. Just the chase of the antidote is, is a great film scene. It's, it's so well choreographed, and, and, and here's also the dance number. Uh, which which really surprised me because I went back and looked at it and we remember that dance number fondly and then I, I pulled out another Spielberg movie with big dance numbers that he made before that, 1941. And I looked at the dance numbers there and I'm like, he clearly had a different choreographer for Temple of Doom because he was kicking ass in 1941. Go, go and look at it. It's a terrible movie. But go and look at some of the elements of 1941, and, and I, I, I wanted more of 
kind of that. That was my only complaint. Anyway, Now we know why you wrote 1941. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, it, this movie features a line that I use with Gina all the time. Gina is on our radio show, and she's a notoriously picky eater. <laughs> and so we'll be served food by people. And she'll go, oh, no, I died. Now, she did the equivalent of saying I had bugs for lunch, you know. <laughs> And it uses a line in the in the uh, in the small village that I just I love this line and parents use this. You're insulting them and you're embarrassing me. I mean, there's a reason why missionaries get killed sometimes when they go off alone, and anthropologists live because you eat the food, right? I mean, you do. You show up to their culture and instead of saying I'm going to teach you mine, you say I'm going to do whatever you tell me. And so I've got you. Know, I've gone in situations back when I was doing field work, and if if they hand you a piece of meat that you saw ten minutes ago filled with maggots, you eat it because that may be the nicest thing they have had in a month. If they offer you, uh, you know, fried bat with marijuana sauce, you eat it. <laughs> Whatever it is they give you, you eat it because otherwise you are insulting them. So yeah, that's a wonderful scene. Is there a restaurant that serves that around here? And then you would do a trick, and they would become, you would become their child. That's right. That's right. No, you do not change the culture. I, I, but, but I did. I did find I made better money doing magic shows. <laughs> it's great foreshadowing too for what's coming, right? That the meal that she's going to have later on, right? Yeah. Just you have this really simple meal that actually looks edible, right? And then you know later on she's going to have something far, far worse. Chilled meat. Um, now, back to this village scene is also very heartbreaking, uh, and it and it, it it just it still gets to me. But this this was the first time when I saw this movie. This was the first time that I felt that Indiana Jones was actually a spark guy, an archa an archaeologist. He he felt more like a tomb raider in the first movie to me. But when he's talking to the the, the head of the of the village, and the guy's telling the story through the translator. And he's, he starts translating for, for Willie and, and Short Round. And then going back and forth, you know, he's, he's got the knowledge, he's got the language skills, and then they start describing to him, and he, he's asking, they start describing, were, were they like stones from a sacred river? Did it have three lines on it? You know? That was the first time I felt that Indy was, in fact, an archaeologist, a smart guy, and not just a thief. Anyone else? Because he knew their culture. Yeah. Right. He, he didn't find what he was. In the one we're not supposed to talk about. Okay, I'll let you. He had the, uh, the, the stack of raw had the disc, and he was able to figure out because he flipped it over and he figured out that you're supposed to take this away, but that's because it's customized. I mean, he had moments where he was learning. Him and Sal were talking at the same time, but they, they were understanding culture. But it was the other guy that translated that for him. Well, that's fine. I mean, he, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to keep away from that. And he, <laughs> and he says, uh, he says this, this is this, and they turn yeah, yeah. over, and this is this. He knew about that. language, but he understood the culture. You don't have to know French to be able to understand some French cultural things. He knew about that stuff because if you go back and watch uh, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, because his dad just like learn, 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 just constantly. He had to do his lessons, and that's part of the reason he knew all that stuff. In Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. 
Uh, you guys need to get your questions ready. We're going to be coming to you here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. All right? Just to add on to that, the, the scene in the village, when you see the child that escaped and he's just, oh, yeah. he's, he's nearly dead, and you see Indiana Jones pick him up and cradle him and give him to his mother. That's another, like, it's a really, you know, a touching scene, and it, it tells you a lot about his character. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the dinner scene. Because... In the, in the temple, or...? In the temple. <laughs> because uh, the, the exotic, weird foods. It wasn't to show how weird the Indian culture was. Indian culture is vegetarian. Right. Yeah. It was a clue that something's wrong. Us regular Americans, we don't know, so it's like, oh, look at the funny food they eat. And it really was showing that there's something sinister going on here uh, that probably Indiana Jones is catching on because normal, regular Indian folk would never eat meat. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, the, the main character, Molaram, has a cow skeleton on his head, a, a buffalo skeleton, mm -hmm. these are all hints that were misconstrued as racism because regular folks who don't know anything go, well, why are they making them feel bad? It's like, no, these are hints that these particular Indians are evil. Not Indians are evil, these particular this individuals. Kali followers. Yeah, the Kali followers. Let's also talk about like the music. Because yeah. like during the um, like human sacrifice scene, like that chanting is gorgeous. And, and the contrast between like this beautiful chanting to the human sacrifice just makes that scene just that much more powerful. And there are elements of this movie to me that conjure up, and this is a reach, I know, Apocalypse Now. Um, because we've got, you know, Molaron wearing a, a necklace of fingers. And then there's a, the necklace of fingers and ears on the statue in the beginning. And it's like you should have turned around at that point. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's got that evocative nature. Um, okay, I got to go back to Indy being a dog. He swoops right in on them. I mean, <laughs> these two hate each other. But the, the aspect of just, you know, you can have hate sex. <laughs> he, he doesn't get consent. He doesn't get that. No, I have yeah. a theory. My wife and I actually had this conversation when we were watching Temple of Doom the other yeah. night. He wants her because she doesn't want him. He's so he, you know, he's he's used to being the hero. He sees himself as the hero. How could how could she not want me? <laughs> Especially when, when you see him with his shirt off. That's Harrison Ford is his best. Other, and she's like. He'll come, he'll come over here. Come over. <laughs> and he's like, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean she doesn't want? So this is a younger Indy to the other movies. And right. Is it because he, he knows he's handsome and doesn't have to try? I, I just, I can't figure out. He's just, he's a dog. I love him, but he's a dog. <laughs> I have no experience with that, so I don't know. I, I, have, I have to beg and plead and, and to go after them. They don't come to me. I mean, it's not as crazy as it sounds. I mean, there's... <laughs> is that what you've heard? <laughs> um, yeah, this is a, this is a brutal film. Um, the thing that I learned from it is the dangers of religious zealotry. Or, that's me. Uh, you can take that from almost yeah, any well, Any religion that requires you know, human sacrifice, there's kind of it's a little pretty, much. you know, pink flag. But a little much. <laughs> um, also, because I'm a nerd this way, uh, this this movie out of all of them abuses the 
sound effect of the Wilhelm scream. Eight times. Most of them sneak it in once. You know, you can hear it. And if you, if you don't know what we're talking about. And that guy was only paid one time. He was paid one time, and they used it all the time. What was the movie, do you remember? Oh, it was a Cowboy Western movie. Charge at Feather River. What was that? Charge at Feather River. Charge at Feather River. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Whoa. Uh, yeah, did he, did he get shoot with an arrow in the leg? Ah! And he falls off the and does that scream? Listen for it. I'm, I'm such a nerd about this stuff. Sound effects guys in Hollywood, they try to sneak it in to impress the other sound effects guys. That's why they're doing it. Especially in everything Lucas ever did, it's in, it's in there. Yeah. Well, the most you know, obvious one is the Death Star uh, shoot them up when they're trying to get the Falcon right. and rescuing the princess. Uh, one, of, one of the stormtroopers gets shot, he falls into the cavern, and, uh, or Chasm, excuse me, and then... It's so blatant right there. It's just like they didn't even Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I always thought it would have been great in Jaws at the beginning of the movie when the girl's going back and forth. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the Wilhelm scream. Is there anything, any, any uh, these movies are just so different, which is what is great about them, I think. Because, okay, I'm allowing you to talk about the other movies. <laughs> because Raiders, and Temple do two different movies. And then they go completely in a different direction with Last Crusade. I don't know what I'm trying to say here exactly. Um, I feel like they went a little too sentimental on Last Crusade because they felt bad about Temple Well, the, the, the Spielberg said that. Like, he, he literally said that there were things that he, he didn't like about the Temple of Doom that were correct with Crusade. Yeah, he was going through the divorce, he was feeling dark. So we've got an adventure movie, a horror movie, and then it's more like a buddy comedy. Yes! And then garbage. But that's what we can't <laughs> Apparently, sir. When, whenever Spielberg starts to feel bad in his own life and decides to take all the guns out of E.T., you know, I, I just... I, it's, it's bad for all of us when he's trying to... Well, and... And he even feels bad about uh, even, you know, the end of Close Encounters. He feels bad about that because he's like, that guy just left his kids and his wife. He just, I would, I would never do that. He's, why would he do that? So he feels, he feels bad about it. But it's like, it's like one of the greatest movies and great endings. I think one of the reasons, sorry, uh, uh, the Tipple of Doom always appealed to me is Probably the similarities between the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland because there is a lot of crossover there. They definitely used a lot. So, but also the fact that there was a kid in it, and I was a kid when I saw it, and I loved seeing a kid who didn't want to be Indiana Jones's sidekick. And then Temple Doom comes out, and I was like, "All right, there we go. Now we got a kid in there." Well, I think Sherlock Brown saw himself as as an equal. He was not a sidekick. You know what? I I agree, and I think Indiana Jones thought of him as an equal too. He let him drive his escape car. He. You he, cheat, Dr. Jones! You <laughs> cheat! He saw him as a capable person. But I don't think there's any character a woman looks at and says, gee, I wish I could be her in any of these movies. <laughs> Other than the one with the alien. Joe Marion was, was always kind of strong. I think that was always his, you know, where, where his heart was a little bit. Yeah. 
But the fact that Short Round says no time for love, Dr. Jones, just goes with your theory that he was a dog, that a 10-year-old kid knew exactly where this was going. He's like, we don't have time for this, dude. <laughs> well, I thought one of the pivotal moments, though, of the, of the show is when Short Round is trying to get him back, right? He's, he's in this, the dark sleep or whatever it was, right? And he says, I love you, Dr. Jones, right? And, that, and then jabs him with the, with the, the torch, right? But, uh, yeah. He says, I love you, Indy. Indy, I love you. And, then, and now we know if he would have just said, I love you, Henry, he would have woke up and said, my name's Indiana. <laughs> I told you. Martha, the first slice broken by pain, so that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, who would like to uh, weigh in? Anyone? I don't know if I'd be able to. Uh, you're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. You're going to have to join. It's there. What's your name? My name is Lennon. Lennon, go ahead. Uh, my dad got me and my siblings into these movies from a really young age, which is surprising because we were just talking about how violent they are. <laughs> <laughs> I know that everyone in this room and everyone in this panel cares about them just as much as I do, but I also notice a really distinct age gap between myself and other Indiana Jones fans for just as enthusiastic. What do you think is really strong about the Indiana Jones movies that will keep them relevant to people of my generation because we're seeing a recall of old media in like Star Wars and even Star Trek is getting like recalls. How do you think that Indiana Jones is going to go through that? Do you think that it's going to survive and maybe even thrive or do you think that Indiana Jones is just going to fade eventually? Before you, before you answer, what's your name again? London. London, you should have been doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk afterward. Right. That is a great question. I'm in the I'm in the minority. I'm fine with doing one more uh, Harrison Ford movie, but I want it recast because I want more Indiana Jones movies. I want it to be the next James Bond. I'm fine with somebody else playing it. If five other people play it, I'm fine with that. I just want good quality Indiana Jones movies. What is the? Does anyone know what the? I, I think. Are? I mean, it's like like you said. We we all grew up with Indy. I mean, that's the age gap. We saw these when we were kids, and mm-hmm. we you know we fantasized about cracking the whip and stealing the treasure and the fortune glory, right? Yeah. I remember seeing Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I mean, problem with it surviving right now is uh, the that we're looking at it under the current eye of they're exoticizing other cultures. That's negative. They are. Uh, it is the, the, the woman cries, so you slap her and throw her up against the wall and kiss her. That's not consent. We can't do that. There's, you, are, you are having uh, white actors play uh, races that they aren't. You're having you know, these, these issues. And so because of that, uh, certainly in the culture right now where it is, this, this is a movie that when you introduce people right at this moment, it's pretty frowned upon. Uh, but uh, and so the way to make it survive is either like they said recasting and making it a completely different movie, uh, or looking at it as the comic booky 1930s kind of thing, or right, it, it, or having it be its own piece. But but in the same way that right now I wouldn't expose somebody to uh, some of the great Al Jolson stuff with him in blackface. And I'm sometimes confused when when I go to Disneyland and hear California, here I come, right? The the minstrelsy songs of that time period. Uh, uh, it, it is not. It's having a hard time in that moment. So I'm excited to see what the next iteration becomes. Do young people care about punching Nazis? Because we really we're really into it. So. <laughs> If you look at the Daniel Craig movies, though, uh, the James Bond movies, I mean, that's exactly what James Bond did. It's, 
he, I'm not going to say he's woke, but it's a little more progressive storytelling style than, say, the Sean Connery movies I'm where a he, justice he, he slapped women and things like that. Even Roger Moore, who was a pacifist, slapped a woman in a movie. Uh, what's your name? Kevin. Kevin, what's your question? Okay, uh, yeah, I got to go. First of all, I have to say, I was born in 1984, so I'm as old as the PG-13 rating. Uh, <laughs> can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> Limited. Is it a PG-13? No, it's not. Is it for violence or language? You're making me feel old. You're making me feel old. I was born in 1984. Yeah. Um, anyway, my comment's basically, you know, in all honesty, I do prefer Last Crusade over Temple of Doom. Um, oftentimes, let me finish. <laughs> oftentimes, people look at it, it's like, oh, Temple of Doom is so terrible, it's awful. I'm like, no, I do enjoy Temple of Doom. It's still a good movie. You've got three, the three original films are all really good. Temple of Doom is just the weakest, but it isn't bad. And I also say that Steven Spielberg got the biggest win because Willie became his wife. <laughs> saying Temple of Doom is the weakest. <laughs> but saying Temple of Doom is the weakest is like saying uh, the bronze medal winner at the Olympics was the weakest of the. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if good point. you get upset by somebody saying Temple of Doom. It, it's all up to personal opinion as far as that goes. No, it's, it's pretty factual. <laughs> I, I, I was born in 78. Temple of Doom meant a lot to me. <laughs> Anyone else? Put me halfway. Come on down. My cord is shut. Watch out for darts. One more step. He's on a leash. He can't go very you, you look like you're waiting for some, like, blades to come through or something. Step up. <laughs> oh, yeah, my name is Robert, and I actually saw Temple of the Doom actually twice in the movie theater with my dad when I was an eight-year-old in 1984, and even though there were some parts that kind of freaked me out, scared the heck out of me, but, but that, was, that was like adventure. Um, I mean, you're, I mean, it's cool that they start out in, a, in like the James Bond casino setting, and then they jump off the airplane, and then they're in a, and then they're really in a, Strangers in a Strange Land, um, with, uh, um, I mean, with that decimated village, and then, then on that quest of the palace for the temple is, uh, um, that, I mean, all that cool stuff, even the, the scary stuff, I mean, I mean, that was like adventure, it was adventure being taken to the next uh, level, and I, and, and fortunately, I, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was on TV, and so I was able to see that at the, same time, yeah, that's uh, cool how they're, yeah, like I said, yeah, how they're diversified, like they're not a carbon copy of, uh, of one another, and, and last year's save was terrific, not only because part of it was from in Moab, Utah, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, um, but I think it's uh, a good, well, even though it's sentimental, but yeah, it is uh, kind of a fun way of like a father and son kind of rekindling their their relationship, uh, and so yeah, all the the, the first three Indiana Jones were was good. I mean, Crystal Skull was pretty good, but it wasn't. Yeah, you have a comment or a question? <laughs> I think this is a comment. Was you have a question? Yeah, um, but uh, but I think uh, I I've got a good question. Um, um, do you think that they should uh, like uh, have like a, a like a world or like like certain places in the world that uh, 
that the uh, films were totally yeah. as, as long as they're safe, as long as there's not like. Uh, um, We've only got seven minutes left. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but, sort of world tour. Yeah, kind of like a like with Lord of the Rings, like New yeah. Zealand, and then. I'll bet you go online. I bet that's. I bet that exists. That would be really cool. Yeah, I think that's a great. Oh, idea. I know in Jordan where they filmed the, the you know, the built-in Petra. That is, oh, Petra, sorry, isn't that in Jordan? Yeah. Yes. Petra's a city in Jordan. I'm sorry. Uh, somebody. <laughs> Can we talk about the end of Last Crusade just for a second? Because I think uh, a lot of people complain about Indiana Jones that he doesn't change, right? That he's the same to start at the end. But if this whole movie is about this change in Indiana Jones, because you start with the cross, right? The very first, and he loses the cross. And then it says that he spent his whole life searching for the thing, right? This thing, whatever it is, and it changes, right? And the, in the first, it's the idol, and he loses that. And then he's going after the ark, and he goes after the ark. And then it's the stones. And then um, now he's going after this cross, and he finally gets it back. And then he gets this new thing, the grail, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the thing that his dad wanted. The, so his whole life, he's going after the thing. And that last moment, when he's holding... Um, uh, Let it go. Right, he's holding her. She's reaching for the cup, and he says, Let it go, right? Mm -hmm. But then she falls... She failed, right? And then he's, the earth shakes, and now he's inches from the grail, right? The thing, he wants the thing, and his dad, who's been after the grail the whole time, says, let it go, right? And it's in his fingertips, and he's got to have the thing. And then he calls him Indiana. The first time, I think the only time in the movies that he calls him Indiana, and he says, let it go. And it's that moment, right? He could have he probably got it, right? His fingers were on it. He lets it go, right? This is Indiana Jones does not let it go. It's the thing, he chases the thing. His whole life is about going for the thing. And at the end of the movie, he lets it go. He's just trying to fill a hole. And then he has to return the crystal skull. We don't talk about that. We should have kept on that. All right, I'm going to let you unleash. I think we got a question there. One last question. One last question. Can you meet me? Yeah, sure. Let it go. Let go. <laughs> she was Elsa. I couldn't think of her name, but her name actually is Elsa. That's right. I just want to defend Last Crusade. I think that Breeze Lost Ark, it started off, it was the ultimate guy versus evil. You know, who's more epitome of evil than the Nazis? And um, the fact that they brought that back in The Last Crusade, I, no offense, I love. Temple of Doom, but it was it was just one off uh, from what what uh, Raiders had, and uh, I think George Lucas originally wanted the films to be like a swashbuckling serial. That's that's where he got the idea um, for Indiana Jones, and um, I just want to know what you guys maybe think about. Yeah, maybe that's the bright side of white supremacy coming back into fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when the U.S. government were the good guys? I'd like to go back to that. When the U.S. government were the good guys. Can we, can we get there again? This is how we say goodbye in Germany. I like the Austrian there. Thank you guys for coming out. This was a lot of fun. Go home and watch Indiana Jones and Count Nightmare. We'll have you Eat some gummy Thanks, worms.
If anybody would like a collectible John Smith Fanex nameplate, <laughs> aka the generic, it's $45. <laughs> but you'll find it, right? If anybody wants it, it's like.